Hi everyone, and welcome to our full album review for Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP2. Mm-hmm. This is the Classic Quest Podcast. My name Here is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend Bonnie. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. Oh, it's so good. We took some time off after about three and a half years of a rigorous, pretty nonstop schedule. We just we just didn't do it for a while. Yeah. And we just was, pulled the, the like the COVID card and just said, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. We're coming back. We're going to try and be more concise with it. Maybe the videos will be a little bit shorter than uh, than uh, going on for six hours on this album. You know, we get it. <laughs> we, got, we got the point. Uh, but we're still here. We're still going to keep coming back week over week. You're going to see the Classic Quest podcast. And we're going to go through every single song on Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP2, yep. track by track. But here's the thing. If you want to see us do that bonus content, get this video to 500 likes. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm going to do Ooh, some YouTuber challenge. stuff. Because, yo, if you guys really want to see it, we'll go in on that video. If you want to see that, get that up there with the like button and smash that and the subscribe and leave the comment. And, yo, I don't know. You can do all that stuff. If you love what we do, the Patreon yeah. links down below, all that good stuff. But, yo, I make music myself. And I'm going to plug that right now because I dropped a song recently called Lose Weight because I lost a lot of weight. You can go check a last year video and you'll see it's like more like that going on. All right, so you can check that out. Let me know what you think. It's up on this channel. With that out of the way, uh, why don't we get into it? Bonnie, Let's do it. We have talked about many Eminem albums on this here channel. We have, we have. How has your feelings towards Eminem changed since the very beginning of our journey listening to his projects? Because this is the last studio album up until the ones I've already covered in the newer ones, but like of like on this channel for us to cover. Um, I feel like um, maybe, I don't know, maybe they've, he's changed in like a different way. Like maybe... Like, you know, I discovered a lot of his really, like, early stuff, and I, and I also discovered, you know, some of his later stuff. And um, I don't know. Like, personally, like, I like the stuff that, like, I, you know, grew up with and, like, you know, was, like, of my time. Um, like, that's always going to be, like, you know, like, 2003 to, like, 2010 sort of, like, time. Um, like, that's going to be, like, you know, my Eminem era and, like, maybe a little bit earlier but um yeah i don't know i mean i think uh, i mean his la- his later stuff is just sort of like let he's me, kind of searching for things to be talking about you let know? me re-ask it differently okay would you have called like eminem the best rapper ever prior to being on the classic quest yeah how do you feel about that now having done all these albums including all these eminem albums well, uh, <laughs> it's not so like yes or no now. It's, you know, at, at times I think he was definitely like the goat um, in his life. But I think that, you know, he has wavered. He, you know, nobody stays at the top forever. Um, and, you know, he definitely competes and he definitely, you know, tries to like do different things. And I think it's good because you can't just, you know, keep expecting the same thing over and over and over um, from him. And so you kind of have to like, learn to adjust your ears to different things from him so uh i think that that's sort of like the challenge and i think that that's you know kind of what he touches on a little bit in this uh album is because he's kind of talking to like the fans and like also to like the fans that he he's kind of disappointed and let down and um you know sort of like the the negative side of you know some of his fans feelings like over his 
uh, growth, I guess. You know, when you stop doing drugs and partying all the time, like your life gets a little bit boring. And so sorry if his songs aren't like all crazy and whatever anymore. Like it's sort of like a growing up version. And okay. you know, you know, he's in his thirties, and how ex how exciting is life in your thirties? Maybe not so it's exciting. It, it's it's fun. Are you kidding me? This it's fun is the and everything, but it's not like life. you're partying it up and you've got like whoa, whoa, all these things to talk about. But that depends on your life. But yo, I'm gonna say if I had like no work. But it he's would like also got kids best. and like you know all these other things. But you know, yes, he also has a lot of money to kind of and help him out. But yeah, fair enough. My I opinion. guess I like that because I mean I would argue it's the same thing. Uh, if you go back to the Marshall Mathers LP one review that we did, which yeah. I think was the first one we did on our journey at Eminem, it is also our best video in terms of views, and the like ratio is fucking great. It is surprisingly good for like early behind that suit yeah. work. Um, Sometimes we say good things. Anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, back then I was straight standing the whole way through. And uh, I think over the last three and a half years for myself or for whatever, it's almost four years now this channel's been alive. Um, I have definitely moved Eminem to a point where I, I do listen to like occasional tunes. I happen to be a huge fan of music to be murdered by and I love it as much as when it dropped. I think it is very much a return to form and it is my third favorite Eminem project. And I don't know, I guess coming into this album review, cause yo, Marshall Mathers LP2 is a little special to me. I, you might've heard this one before. Have you heard this when it came out? Cause this I is 2013, I really right? don't think I did, not ever like fully. So, I mean, for me, this one uh, of everything we reviewed is is special in a sense because A, I'm a fully growing adult by the time this album drops. I'm in the peak form of technology where acquiring music is simple, where it's 2013. Um, and I'm old enough to like have a better understanding of like life and whatnot. So it was like kind of cool. Plus a big thing had changed in my life. I had started rapping because uh, that was 2012. So, I mean, I, I'm sure you have the release date, November... November 5th, uh, 2013. So, I know it was November 2013, because I'm in the middle of Lahore, Pakistan, in a hotel room, by myself, because I don't really know a lot of people there, and not many people speak English, and I'm there for work, <laughs> and that album came out, and I spent quite some time by myself in a hotel room, and there may have been... Um, a baked version of a green substance that at my disposal and I was <laughs> in the room uh, consuming that enjoying this album on repeat in a foreign country and it was it was a mind trip it's plus cool. I had just turned 26 because my birthday is November 3rd so I mean it was a pretty special time in my life I suppose mm -hmm. and uh, I have a lot of positive nostalgia going into this record okay, like a cool. lot of positive nostalgia boy we're going to get into this review, but <laughs> oh boy, did I hit some kind of reality checks. And Because, yo, everybody seems to hate this album that I know it as a hip-hop head, and I wasn't sure why. I get it, yo. Yeah. Um, but So you haven't really heard it going into this project. So this was kind of like your first ever listen, but you've yeah. already, you've heard everything before this from Infinite and to I've this point. And I've heard some of the songs, you know, just from like radio play and whatnot, which is, has something to say. Fair enough. Um, all right, uh, going in, we should just get into the review part then. Let's I mean, do it. I just wanted to like start up with a refresher, and I thought that would be an interesting question. Y'all can let me know if you have questions in the comments, we will interact with y'all. Um, but what do you think about so the title? It's very clearly meant to be a sequel, yep. to the first one, it's his life, his story, yep. Um, 
there's a lot of question as to whether or not he delivered on the sequel and i think that will be the question we answer at the end of the review mm-hmm. and um, then the cover is just like a picture you know sort of like a sepia or black and white i think um a version of like uh, it's not yeah. black and white it is faded it is sepia i think maybe anyways it's it's a picture of um an abandoned house and it is said to be his childhood home and it's before it gets demolished, which happens, I believe, not in real lifetime. It mm-hmm. happens within two years after this picture or this album comes out. The actual home gets taken down. Yeah. Um, and I like it because it's a callback to the first album cover, the first one where he's sitting on that house, if I'm not mistaken. And that mm-hmm. was how that first one took place. So I thought that was nice. And it does. But this have one that. is a little bit brighter, like sort of like like it's still like, you know, kind of dreary, but it's um, sunnier. I suppose, like mm. in a sense, like it's brighter, it's not so dark. It's sort of like he's kind of like come onto like the other side. What I thought was super noteworthy is the absence of Marshall in that picture. Whereas in the first one, he's kind of sitting there looking pained with his head in his hands, kind of crouched over. Mm-hmm. He's not in this picture. And I thought that was noteworthy as well, but I couldn't give you a good commentary. I just thought it was noteworthy. So if y'all have theories as to why Eminem's not in the picture this time, that would be interesting for me to read. Um, on that note, there are, we're not, like I said, we're not doing the, the, the deluxe now, so there are still 16 tracks to get through. Yep. It's going to be a bit. We're going to try and condense it into a reasonable amount of time. We're going to try. Uh, the first track is, though, a seven-minute monster. Yeah. Quite the epic start. Yep. It's almost like Eminem is Billie Eilish. Almost, but guy. not quite, not to be confused. Duh. <laughs> All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about this introductory piece? Oh, so this is, um, you know, the sequel to Stan, apparently. Um, this is, you know, I'm just kind of getting all these little tidbits um, off of, you know, what Genio said. Um, and I didn't know that this ever really existed. Um, so, um, so he's like growing up and it's sort of like another like sort of gruesome murder sort of planned. And this is supposed to be Matthew, like who I'm not sure. Okay, okay. I'm like, I'm... Matthew Mitchell is Stan's brother. So the but whole... is it his actual brother or is it like a, well, like a metaphorical Stan brother? Stan is already a fictional like the character. Because don't forget, Stan in it had a little brother. Like I just got confused I, with like the whole story. Because so, he goes, uh, I got your, here's a starter cat. I got your brother a starter cat, you know, whatever. He has mm-hmm. that whole line. So yeah. this is Matthew, the kid. He, he references the starter cap. Like he's right. the one who received it telling you as a little... Because that, as far as anyone is concerned, I don't care what anyone says, this song is the best representation of a tie-in sequel to the first album does he live up after this but this is amazing <laughs> um so it's a yeah because it, it, it's from the matthew mitchell would be stan's brother and you can tell that from different clues like the cat been shit put into the song plus he kind of like leaves nods like did you even bother to check up on me after that whole situation like you knew it was us like you because you put it in the song you know you knew right. it and so there's just different things like that that kind of peek in and so the whole beginning of the track i mean not to like just to explain that no, 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 that, that's fine because i was just told <clears throat> i just got like lost in like the whole story and who was supposed to be who and and it is vivid like storytelling like i'm I'm not gonna do it again i won't bore y'all with a bar by bar breakdown y'all can go through it but just to give you a sense you know it's like a minister digging up all hurt so just like that so it does have like a clue to the past so he's sitting there thinking about his past right uh tied everything to get my mind off you it won't work so i think there is the double entendre element as well right so it's obviously eminem reminiscing well not obviously but he's reminiscing on his career mm-hmm. and he's thinking about all the impact of everything that's happening yeah 
but simultaneously every bar doubles over here as the perspective of Matthew Mitchell speaking to Eminem. So it's like I'm sitting here digging up this old hurt of my brother dying because of you fucking obsession. Uh, okay, okay. Trying everything to get my mind off you. It won't work. I can't forget it. All it takes is one song on the radio. You're right back on it, reminding me all over how you fucking just brushed me off, let me so burn. So now he's just going about his day, but Eminem's fucking everywhere. So the song plays, and you know, it kind of cascades from that, you know, like. It's like you seem to be doing fine. Well, I've never recovered. Bet you, but tonight I bet you, you thought that well, whatever you're about to go through is tougher than I've ever have suffered. So he's kind of laying like it in. As, I'm coming to get you. Putting the tr shovel in the trunk, all of that shit, and then it slams into that beautiful Syrian chorus where Sarah Jaffe, whatever I don't want to say. It. Yeah. I don't know why she's not featured. I mean, we we discussed this off camera just like because my best guess is Eminem uses beat camps. This is fact. And sometimes these beat camps provide him hooks on these beats. And that's my best guess as to the difference as to why he features some people and not. It depends, I think, okay. on if he chose to feature the artist or if the beat came with it. Yeah, I really liked her. She sounded, uh, she reminded me of Melzy, actually. That's really cool. Um, anyway, so it's just fine. It's a, Honestly, the chorus is kind of generic sounding lyrically, but I do believe it's serene. It's beautiful. It fits nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, your second verse, it's like the story goes on and he kind of gets bigger into his head. He's obviously flexing his rhyming, like, you know, uh, reap what you told me, wait, you know, like those little things, forget it. Like he's doing his flexing. He's showing yeah. you what's going on there. He's also describing the impact of what's happening with like, you know, what after Stan died. And, you know, it's just pretty much that. It's really. I like the impact it had on him like, as like a, you know, a person and whatever as well. But what makes it special is that if you re-listen really to it from the perspective of Eminem's psychological trauma of his own music on himself, all the bars also fit. So everything about that, right? Like, so, and I used to think that you was the shit, bitch. So that's Matthew Mitchell idolizing Eminem and no longer, but Eminem believing in himself as Slim Shady, fucking ready to go on drugs, and okay. now he has that self-doubt. Think out to think it was you at one time I wore ship shit egotistical maniac to the lack of anyway that's what makes this track brilliant and I think it's truly fucking brilliant but then there's that third verse where it's like he actually goes through and does his fucking like revenge plot shit and he breaks in and he's like you know like, like I reached my full potential I peaked continue to peep still bent low then keep tapping and it's like it's good but I realized it's so long and then he spoils <laughs> it with, uh, hey, here's a sequel to my Mathers LP just to get people to buy. How's this for a publicity? And it's like, yo, Eminem, you just broke the fourth wall and a little bit hurt this song. And I'm not going to lie. That that whole verse, yeah. when he goes in, Eminem killed by Eminem, Matthew Mitchell, bitch, kind of like takes away from the brilliance. Like you just don't trust the audience to get it like you do with your skit on the next track because that was a big leap of faith in the next track. But in this one, you just gave the whole fucking thing away just, just to make sure everyone got it. Yeah. I don't know and then it just keeps going and going and then you know the whole frank ocean so say you hate homos again part it is cool like yeah i do like when he goes shoving his pig shoving his big lincoln town car the way he rhymes that it's really fucking well done all of these things happen to poke through so for seven minutes there's a lot and honestly you can rewind it several times and you're gonna yeah. keep catching shit um and then the song track basically at this point we've recreated stan he's kidnapped eminem put him in the back of the trunk and like drove like into like the water and the build the beat builds up the whole time but then to me to me the song goes nuts everything before that it's all right 
But this last bit, this bit that's produced, I guess, by Street Runner Crying a Genius, this ver fourth verse, is by far the best one. It is my favorite Eminem moment. I think of the entirety of all of Eminem. Every time I hear this shit, I get chills. Hmm. It just builds up the way he layers his voice and shit. It is so impressive to me. It is just so beautiful. And it's the fact that Eminem does this self-awareness thing that I don't think he's really done to date at this point so eloquently, right? Like, I also represent, keep in mind, there's like a demon voice. Yeah. Like, at this point, we've broken the fourth wall and shit, and it's like he's it dying. Sound, it sounds like more like, like epic and more like, you know, like, it, like he's trying to make it like powerful and meaningful and like all of this at the same time as well. And it's just all of the lyrics really just reflect the pain and the anxiety and everything that's happened. Like, and he's I'm your spitting really like hard and angrily, like almost, you like, know? I'm your karma closing in with each stroke of a pen. Perfect time to have some remorse to show for Cause keep in mind, he's dying at this point and his whole life is flashing before his mm -hmm. eyes and shit in this, you know? And I don't know, it just kind of flows through and I just think it's beautiful. It's a long thing. I love my favorite line in this is grab some water, but I'm not pilled, it's too jagged to swallow. Because the fact that he does an Alanis Morissette reference like that, clean and legit in a non-mocking way, is dope. Go Canada. <laughs> I'm just saying. He obviously cool. knew that album cover. Because I'm course. sorry, everybody knows Jagged Little Pill and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and even the self-awareness. I'm the bully you hate that you became with every faggot you slaughter. Coming back at you, every woman you insult, batter. But the double standards you have when it comes to your daughters, I represent everything you take for granted. Because Marshall Mathers, the rapper's persona, is half a sad. And Matthew and Stan's just symbolic. Anyway, it really builds me up. It goes on for the rest thing. And it's just this triumphant... Like, I feel like you just got to start marching to it. Like, I can't really <laughs> convey it. The beat just layers in. The effects on his voice are done so eloquently. Hmm. And I just think as far as the artist side of Eminem goes, that outro bit is one of the most amazing pieces in his catalog. And very little on this album comes close to that again. Hmm. Very little, like, I mean, but we're, but we're talking like that grandiosity to it. Um... Uh, yeah i don't know i just i love it so much i think this song is pretty fucking brilliant at an artistic front it is clearly a follow-up to to stan it is clearly a follow-up to the world of marshall mathers there but right. it also in the same way as the first album is written to kind of self-reflect on his life i think that from every element is pretty dope but i decided i'm gonna grade things harsher moving forward this track is too long too much is going on in that first part you kind of get bored a little bit until it flips up you know that flip up is coming so you're gonna keep listening and you're gonna suffer through it but that third verse takes fucking forever knowing what's coming right so 4.5 on 5 it's actually really well done kudos to eminem for starting this one off as one of his best introductions this is one of the best ways he started any album cool it's up there with the ringer the ringer was a fucking great way to start an album uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just found, like, the end of it, it sounded like he was, like, kind of, like, mad at, like, the fans that, like, you know, he let down and that, you know, gave up on him. And he, he just kind of wants, like, that 
Um, he wants that spotlight on him again and he wants to do what he can to like impress you and get you back on like his team and um, you know and like that's kind of what it is he's sort of saying like that he's back and he's gonna try again and he's gonna try to make it great for his fans and like you know he's gonna give it his all and he clearly doesn't want to be like the bad guy and like the one that you know doesn't do what the, like the fans want and so I mean it's good it's honest and it's raw and you know he's talking about stuff that he's you know going through and like kind of how he feels and all of that um I mean personally I found like the story just a little bit confusing uh but you know maybe I wasn't I was missing something and I had to, you know I had to re-listen to like a previous album again in order to get this but you know and I'm sure people did and that's why they got it but I didn't so that's on me um, I don't know. For me, there, there was, like, pros and cons to this being, like, the opener because, like, it sounds like we're starting in the middle or, like, the end almost of a book, um, which I suppose is fair, you know, because that's kind of where we are at, at his life or at the middle of his life. Um, you know, that's brilliant what you just said because that's exactly what he's doing with this. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, that's why, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, but it's also, like, quite, like, hard and honest and sort of... Like, like a tribute and like maybe at the same time a bit of an apology um like in a sense to his fans so like i get like having this at the beginning of it you know to kind of you know like like you would in a book like you know who you're gonna have like the dedication to and whatever else um he he does a, a good a good job but like just sort of like off-putting i guess as like you know like a, a starter for me a little bit so i gave it a 4.35 on five i mean that's still pretty high for you and listen i can understand how without the context it might be hard but if you go listen to this track after with the entirety of understanding that double entendre because mm -hmm. again like there's like there's just things to listen for because you i remember the first time for me it was eminem killed by eminem matthew midget that was what caught it the first time for me and we're talking like back in 2013 right so i rewound it and i just kept re-listening to it and then it was like Oh, like I had that because I probably bumped this shit like six, seven times in a row because I'm in Pakistan and there's not a lot right. to do in my hotel room, right? <laughs> and so I got this album, I downloaded it, I fucking torrented it or whatever, put it on my phone. This is pre-Spotify and shit. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, sorry, not not to like gush a bit, but um, I did want to just draw attention because it's actually really important for the next track. He's at the end. It all tragic portrait of an artist tortured to trap it or do that. He gets like quieter and quieter, and it's interesting. It gets quieter because the very last line, as his voice is the literal lowest volume you're gonna get on this track, mm -hmm. he says the big key to the next skit that you really need to catch for the next skit. Honestly, doesn't make as much sense unless you have a very keen ear. And he goes, "Uh, as we pick up where the last Mathers left off." And that was interesting because I knew he said something. I never really caught it the first time I heard this album. So this hmm. was like reviewer hats on. I'm looking for clues and I caught that this time. So anyway, I think it's appropriate for us to move into the next track. If you have nothing else to say here, unless you want to add anything else to I it. I am good. All right, cool. Uh, so we can talk about something that is... The parking is... lot skit. Yes. All right. So conceptually, this is pretty smart. <laughs> no, conceptually. And I have to start it like that because, I mean... I gave it a very low grade. Um, so that don't kill me, hurry the fuck up, shoots the teller, thank you, and starts running is actually from Criminal. And it's exactly the skit in Criminal before that last verse kicks in. So it is really 
a direct tie-in. So it's almost like bad guy happens in almost like an interventionist kind of way, like the narrator describes some shit, and now the scene, and as you said, it was like a last chapter, like the epilogue slash prologue interlude, and then mm-hmm. now we see the scene of Eminem, he shot the teller, he runs out, and then he shoots a woman, and he shoots a dog, and then the cops shoot him. Oh, no, he shoots himself instead of getting shot by the cops. And I guess the concept here that we're trying, we're supposed to all take away is um, if you do commit the life of crime and do the bad things, uh, bad things happen to you. And I believe that while conceptually it's really cool and I get, but it's not clear, right? Like, yeah, you, I need a genius to tell me that. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't catch it. Like maybe if I had just listened to MMLP one, okay, fine. And maybe it's really a, an Easter egg for the fans. But when you listen to this, just like without thinking about it, it's really awful to listen to. <laughs> it is an unappealing bit of time. And I don't know. There's nothing like redeeming about shooting a dog. Yeah. Like there was no value in that shooting the woman. It's like, I guess this is just him being honest about how bad he was or something. I guess. I don't know. But it's on par with like really shitty 1990s rap skits so i gave this a two on five because it's really shit it was really unappealing to listen to like it was just i didn't have any pleasure or derived any joy from hearing it it was just bad and then you think about it you're like okay and i bet a lot of people will make excuses for that the fact that it sounds like awful to listen to and maybe to you it sounds really fucking cool but it's not like the parking lot skit on fucking like before soldier on m show where he's like fuck it it's goofy this sounds like really serious and it's really dark and it doesn't have any goofy comic vibes it just kind of sounds like an asshole who kills like it's just or maybe it's him killing this evil character of slim shady like i don't fucking really know where he's really going with it yeah that's where i'm at um yeah i mean like the first time that i listened to like this album this uh like skit came on and like i was not in a good mood to be listening to this like i just wasn't feeling it at all and so as soon as i heard like that dog getting shot i was like nope i'm turning this off i can't listen to this right now (laughs) and so i like i had to like walk away so it's definitely something that um if you're not like ready for it because who who's really ready to listen to like a dog getting shot um like you know it's uh it's jarring that's for sure um and then it kind of like starts with like him like shooting and then like running away and it's to me it made me think um very much uh, like grand theft auto like the video game like that's what it sounds like the way that he's like running mm, and cool. like that like it sounds like like and that's what all the boys were playing like you know back then um and like at the end of at the end of it he says like fuck it and then like shoots himself because like you hear the cops coming and you hear like all the sirens and like the the helicopter like everything it's like you know all the cops are looking for him and um yeah he just shoots and like it is unclear whether it's like him or if he's shooting like a cop or whatever and he's just kind of going out or whatever but like i imagine it was himself because it only only hear one bullet um anyways it's like fine like i like I don't really know what it, what it really adds or whatever to this entire album. Album, um, I don't know. I gave it, it a four on five. Maybe I was be, being well, generous. I feel like it's just a. Con- it's like I thought about it. it. It's a contrived way to force 
a feel of this album whereas yeah. i actually think rhyme or reason as we get to it does a much better job of what i think like okay anyway i have a theory on all of that but like i just listened to it like three times in a row because i try to do that and i'm like yo this sucks <laughs> that was my feeling like it's not yeah. an enjoyable skit to listen to yeah, over I and over again and i'm trying to be more harsh with my grades so that i don't give shit praise it's not really well made or anything it's not super fucking clear what's happening it's more like you have to try really hard and then oh eminem did something quirky is your end result it's not like okay like 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 relapse is a really well written art album nobody likes but the concept is well delivered it's just the sounds are kind of whack okay. this is the same kind of thing the concept is well delivered the actual sound is really whack to hmm. me anyway uh you ready for rhyme or reason you betcha shout out the zombies shout out time of the season that's a good track <laughs> no sure i is. fucking bump that shit regular because yo just something to like that who's your daddy is he rich like me it's the strangest <laughs> hippie line i've ever fucking heard because it's like a hippie song yeah and that is like such a sugar daddy line i don't know i'm I, sure there were rich hippies anyway uh what do you think about this track before i get into my convoluted theories <laughs> um i like it i like the the use of like the time of the season like you said um and he does like great rap on this one um i, I don't know i i love the muppet voice that he does uh you know i thought that was like cute i always appreciate the muppets um you know and basically he can't leave hip-hop he just keeps getting like pulled back into it it's like the great seductress and it's coming after him and like you know he spits about um still being the best but he can't hear uh anybody else that's like nearly as good as him so he's not like he's you know he's like am i still the best because nobody else is good like me you know kind of um and he's still got like a job to do his job is to keep being the best and um at this point uh he just kind of goes hard and he's like here to do it again and he's gonna bring it and that's uh kind of what it is like it's simple and good and he's here to impress so i gave it a 4.5 on five i first of all love this song from the, so this is one that i can't help but keep going back to but mm -hmm. it's also symptom it's a sim you'll see a symptom here of something that happens when eminem and rick rubin work together rick rubin and eminem will find a very 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 popular song they did this a lot on fucking recovery or whatever the no the whatever the fucking 2017 album was they did it a lot on that one but they'll take a very popular song a sample add some heavy fucking drums to it gloss it up like a pop song because yo i want to talk a bit about the mixing and mastering on this album yeah you can actually see it in the live footage for survival but at this stage in eminem's career think about where the man is performing now something that a lot of people probably don't think about is that most music is actually created for the live environment where it will be performed so punk is going to sound the way that it does because it actually sounds blessed in the venues that it gets performed in and that's why like when wu-tang went to place bell in montreal which is a stadium it sounded like awful it was not worth 90 dollars. i will never go see i will never spend money to see wu-tang in a big venue again if they come to a small venue i'll do it but yo the sound was shit it just was it didn't sound good hmm. and um 
there's something to like you know certain sounds working in certain environments lots of smarter people have talked about this to me but like classical is supposed to be played in particular rooms to optimize the sound it was composed for circular ceiling medieval rooms and shit all of that to say Eminem is in stadiums at this point in his career. Every fucking song on this album is not performed for a grimy underground hip-hop venue. It is designed and intended to have a high production live performance behind it and you can hear it in every beat. You can hear it in every choice in the mixing and mastering on this project. This is where Eminem I think really truthfully and fully embraces his status as a pop star and just gives up. I'm talking sonically. Like everything about the mixing and mastering here is meant to be big, loud, just you picture it in the bell center or whatever fucking stadiums in your town. And it's it's just for that big fireworks, like, yeah, you know, or like maybe not this one, but I was thinking of like survival, like fireworks going off and shit for the beat of that. Like that's the world that he's in. So I think it's super interesting. But then I just think when Rick Rubin and Eminem work together on these beats, it's always just lazy. Like this beat is not innovative they right. literally just bought the rights to use <laughs> what uh the zombies made a classic because it's a great beat so this is shots at rick rubin and not shots at eminem though um but eminem sounds brilliant on it like the what's your name marshall who's your daddy i don't have one my mother be produced <laughs> like a komodo dragon have me on the back of a you know and then it goes on from there and basically this track is bars for days like it is really well done yeah. the voice changes are fucking ridiculous everything about this song is enjoyable if you're a fan of eminem's lyricism of super tight flows the way he rides the beat the way he is masterfully composed as far as i'm concerned at this point in the album I was posting on Instagram stories and shit. I don't get why y'all fucking hate this shit. It's so good. Because it really is at this point. Everything about this track is fucking dope. You know, like the way, like the intensity, like ever since I drove a 79 Lincoln with white walls, had a fire in my heart and a dire desire to aspire to die hard. Like dope writing, amazing shit. Right. And then it just flows through. I'm not going to go through more of the lines. Honestly, it's just that good the whole way through. You are pleasantly surprised. Uh, but I'm not going to say anything else. Is like overtly caught my ear. Like, oh my gosh, the insightfulness. Because it's not what it is. Eminem, as I've come to see, is not an insightful fellow. He's just a witty fellow. He is the equivalent of a one-liner comic dropping the best one-liner comedy you're ever going to get in terms of hip-hop game, I think. Um but it's amazing. The flows are amazing. Everything is so good. My favorite part of the track is um, when he goes, put together with Chief Keith because I fucking hate everything. Yeah, even this rhyme, bitch. <laughs> and it's like, quit trying to look for a fucking reason it ain't there because you're like, what the fuck did he bring up Chief Keith for? Is my thought. Like, what is the point of this? You know, like, he's I don't like, know. I'm just going to say it. Or maybe it's because Chief Keith hates everything. Or maybe it's because he's angrier than right things. Or maybe it's because whatever. But I just kind of like the fact that he's like, I don't even fucking like this rhyme. It sucked. Fuck you. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> But I'm still a uh, criminal. And then I like that part where he kind of does that rhyme, you know, and the way he goes, Emerald is really fun. But I thought it was super interesting because I actually think the meta concept of uh, the album is, is brought into play here. So Marshall Mathers LP1 starts off with Kill You, which is a, a fuck you song against his mother. Okay. Now, a bunch of time has gone on, and as we'll come to see, Eminem no longer feels this way about his mother and yeah. has recognized that, honestly, it's his fucking loser father that is the problem. And let's be real, 
whatever issues Debbie Mathers may have had as a 32 year old man now I look at the situation like fuck Marshall Mathers the second you know fuck that's his dad because he's the third mm -hmm. so fuck his dad he bounced out he dipped and he abandoned his family and then the mom did what she could yep. so she did it so I think Eminem has acknowledged this and you know uh, realized this so instead it's like I'm gonna redo the album but I'm gonna change the tone. So it's no okay. longer his life is negative and he's mad at his mom and he's a rage monster, which was the point. He actually, in the spirit of Kill You, wrote Rhyme or Reason, which is the kill you against his dad. Okay. So flipping the tone of the whole album, making it a very interesting spiritual successor to MMLP rather than a sonic successor, which is, I think, what everyone was going for. But, yo, Eminem's a pop star now. He's not like a fucking underground rapper, battle rapper dude no more. He's so far out of that shit. Eminem's not doing rap beef battle tracks no more. You know, he's sober now. So... I think he flossed, he did his shit, but really he laid venom against his father. And he really brought that up in like a, a really strong way. And I thought that was super cool. And then even the, the part where I also like when he's like, you know, understanding his role as a white dude and just kind of questioning shit like hip hop is the devil's music. Does that mean it belongs to me? Because I just happen to be a white honky devil with two horns that don't, you know. Like. Right. So it's kind of like, again, uh, self-awareness and shit. I don't know. I fucking dug this track. Um, I don't have a lot more to say about it, though. The beat's fucking fine. I love the way he bounces. 4.75. He has a Yoda voice. He delivers it well. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. Well, you know what the next song is? It's not so much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about positives because there's not many for me on this one. Oh, you weren't expecting that so early, maybe. But yo, um, the beat of this track is actually the same chord notes as Criminal that doom, 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 and it's redone and repurposed. So again, it's pulling back to the first album, and he basically kind of altered the beat of Criminal. Does okay. that make it a spiritual successor or anything? I don't fucking know. I just thought that was interesting and kind of cool. But what do you think about this one? Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, like he's better than Lupe Fiasco and Drake, I think. Um, and he wants them to die because if they weren't here, then you know life would be so much better. I but, don't think it's about them. It's about the bitch who fucked them. Yeah. Okay um and then on the second verse uh i thought it was like you know he was doing different things but uh on the third i'm uh, sorry on the second verse so he's sort of like whining about like this girl and um again same sort of thing you know like what a bitch she is and blah 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 and how his life would be so much better without her so you know just hoping that she will just like drop dead and um you know seeing a theme with this song um and then you know this one sort of sounds a little bit more like a classic eminem type of a song um and it ends with like like the whole like just playing girl you know i love you like which you know he has said on other songs where he but it was a eminem show that he said that it yeah. wasn't even mmlp it's eminem show well Whatever. I think it's just, I think it's just something that he it's uses. It's MMLP too. That's okay. a relevant point. All right. That's fair enough. That's fair. Uh, like, I just thought it was like something that he just says after he like insult, insults a bunch of women and he just kind of says it and he's like, oh, you know, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like when you could just like, like say whatever well, maybe you he want. Does, I don't know. Does he say it on MMLP one? Um, I'd have to check. I'm not sure. If I, if I was wrong, y'all let me know in the comments and I'll accept and I'll concede. Yeah, I mean, uh, I give this one a 4.35 on 5. I thought it was, um, you know, it was all right. 
It is. It's from Kill You. I'm so sorry. Mm. It's a haha, ladies. You know I love See, you. See, I knew it was, I was from wrong. like. I'm sorry. I double checked. Okay, go on. I win. You do. And yeah, M&M that's okay. Wins. Your turn. Um, here's the thing. It's boring. <laughs> that's the truth of this song. Um, All right. Right from the jump. You fucking groupie. Pick up the gut. Like, okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe at this point, I've just heard a lot of bad Eminem women songs. Like he doesn't and have a lot of versatility. Kill You really was so much better. Like, hey, like I love Kill You. Um, Kill You is a great song, but we're already like past that part of the album, right? So yeah. now we're like in the middle, and so he goes to so much better, which is like what? It's about a woman. Is it about Kim? Is it about hip hop? I don't fully get the metaphor that we're going for, and I'm certain that like maybe there's some brilliant content point, but I realized something. I spent so much time in the past trying to find meaning in songs that kind of suck. And here's the thing, I don't actually enjoy this track. The beat is kind of annoying to listen to. It's like this twangy, slow kind of sound where like the more I played it, I didn't find it like bumping. In fact, okay. it might be one of my least favorite Eminem beats because I don't actually feel this way about a lot of the instrumentals he uses. Even on like fucking Relapse, I liked him more. And then it's like, like, where the fuck were you Tuesday? With who you say? I wasn't at the studio, bitch. What you do, screw Dre? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's even done this metaphor idea before. Like, where hip hop, like on the last album and like, you know, 25 to life and shit like that. Like he's gone down this path. He's already used this core idea. So okay. it was already kind of boring. And then you fake lying slut. You never told me you knew Drake and Lupe. You want to lose two legs. So I guess maybe he's picking out names that he respects in the game and shit. I don't know why he's name dropping them. But it just sounds like this horror that's going after these men. Maybe it's because of the media. Maybe it's like whatever. But at the end of the day, you're like, okay, so there's groupie smashing all of you and you smashed her. It's like at the end of the day, Eminem looks like a fucking loser in this track. Hmm. Like that's my problem with it. Like all of it is really lame. Although he does mention blue Kool-Aid here. And then later on, he mentions a Kool-Aid stain. He can't get off on the album. And I wonder if those things are connected. Mm, interesting. Good good. Because the Kool-Aid stain that doesn't come off is on uh, so much better. And I'm going to forget it by then, I promise. So just in case, uh, maybe that's like a reference to like all of his women problems that he can't get rid of. Because he's really mm. obsessed with it. Like straight up to fucking mur- music to be murdered by this. They're still boring ass. Like it's basically a song that's this song on every album. Okay. And it's like, this is just not, I don't know. It's not that great. Then you get the chorus. My life would be so much better if, if you just dropped dead. I was lying in bed last night. And I'm like, what the fuck is this awfulness? Like sometimes when Eminem bad sings, it's really good. And again, y'all may enjoy this and I respect the fact, but I was listening to this and I've listened to so much great music this year. That's fair. That this is trash. This is the first time I think I've really listened to an Eminem song was like flat out. This might be trash. I don't actually ever want to hear this song again. Do I think it's poorly written? No. But I also think that the writing's weird, like, because a woman broke my heart art. I say hot art because she ripped it into par arts. Like, okay, so that let's break down that bar so you can see the real brilliance. (laughs) He took hot art and made it two syllables because she ripped his heart into two parts. That is that's just weak <laughs> okay it's just what it is um threw it in the garbage who do you think you uh, are yeah. i would call that kind of lazy writing if it was anyone else is his delivery pristine yep i don't know it's fucking lame la, 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 let's be it like i don't it did it age well it did it age well <laughs> it's not a good song i gave it a 3.75 on five it is right. it's just not good it is it bad no 
Ender 3 is when we start going to bad. It's not a bad song, but it's way not in the realms of good to me. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't pass. Uh, that's fine. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree. Okay. But this channel's survival is based on our honesty. That's true. You've just spent $200 on M&M tickets, and now you're in the stadium, and there's fireworks and lights. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just fucking huge, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's a single, so you know it's getting played. It's got a music video. And then the music video <laughs> is live performances that validate all of what I was feeling about that stadium shit. Because, yo, you look at the size of those audiences he's performing to, and there is nothing less than five figures in Eminem's oh, life yeah. anymore. So, and this is, like, I mean, it's gotten bigger and worse for him in that regard now, but... I don't know. It's a good. It's a. It's a. It's a strong song. What do you. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, it's. It's a hype beat with like a chant for you to sing along to, and it already sounds like it's something that should be played in like a. a what is it? On a stadium, I guess. Um, so it already has that feeling, and so it only will be enhanced with like actual people chanting and yelling like "oh" or whatever like along with it. So it's only gonna make it like so much better. So definitely, um, it's very like cinematic in like a sense, like it's made for that. Um, and like you know, he, sort of talking about like that he wasn't prepared to deal with like everything that life has thrown at him, uh, you know, including like all of like his successes and everything that came along with that, and like you know the negatives that came along with that too. Um, so he, you know, he sort of chose what he, uh, you know, had to do to keep surviving and you know to make it through. And you know, sometimes he made you know bad choices and uh but he changed he adapts he overcomes and he's still here and he's still thriving and he doesn't stop and he keeps going and it's a hard sort of like never gonna like give up like kind of a story in like the song and um you know he says that you know he will accomplish his goals that he sets and he's here to like you know bring it and you know it's very like also like heavy on like the drums and like the like the electric guitar and it's very you know again very set to be listened to live so it's very good it's hype uh i give it a 4.5 on 5 if i saw this in a concert i probably would say a 5 on 5. fair enough I do love how it starts. I think the best part of this track, and I guess that's to its shame, is that it is the best part of this song, is post the first chorus, when he goes, wasn't ready to be a millionaire. I was ill prepared. I was prepared to be ill though. The skill was there. Yeah. And then everything goes a little bit downhill for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the track. Um, oh, yeah, I agree with that. So this is, uh, I think the mo this is where I think the curse of generic Eminem really starts to peep in. Because he did a lot of these moves on the last album with the pink track and all of this, right? Oh, right, yeah. So like you're at this point where, like at least in the underground grimy battle rap shit, there was an innovation in in whose name's gonna get brought up next or whatever. Like it was kind of like there was almost a gossip angle to Eminem's drama. Mm. I could swear this is any of the pumped up, really loud songs on the previous album with a pop singing chorus um, and just hyped up like the the Cinderella Man or any one of those, okay. right? And that's kind of my thought listening to this is, yo, I heard this track before, right? Right the whole way through is I heard this song. But like before. that's it. He, he does it and he does it great and this is what he does but like you don't actually I feel like you ever have the sense so badly of I already heard you do this okay because this is just in that same I'm not afraid live myself up kind of like banger anthem so it's like I went through stuff I fucking did it another anthem why stop when it does it have to end <laughs> he's admitting it that's what he's doing now this is who he is he's came in here he's gonna fucking 
lift up the stadiums and elate them. He's going to ruffle feathers. Because I think he's, he's realized him. that people like, you know, like these like stories of like overcoming <clears throat> and like being challenged and like giving it your all and, you know, like, I don't know, trudging through and, you know, but making it through on the other side and like, like everybody likes that kind of like underdog story. So that's like that's fun. what it is. Like he's good at like telling that story and making it like hype and interesting. I'll give you all of that. And there's lines like, I really enjoy it through the side of a pump, zero to 60, hopping and gun it like G-Unit without the hyphen. I'm hyping him up. But at the end of the day, it's like G-Unit without the hyphen isn't hyping him up. It's not actually what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I'm just, there's a, I don't know, maybe I'm missing a point on that bar or whatever, but it sounds dope. There's a lot of it sounds dope, but there's not a lot of, yeah, like I have to go back and play this again. Now, this is honestly not for me. This is for my mom. This is for <laughs> the people in the cars on the way to work. This is for like a whole other audience that isn't me. That's fair. I really respect it. I think it's this big track. I respect the talent in it. I like the kind of music video element where in the music, he's clearly promoting like a Call of Duty or something. I love the fact that he spray paints and gives some shout to like the graffiti elements, but the video is boring. The song is kind of boring. It's just like well-produced boring. Like it's really well-made, not for me, pop boring. So that's that's kind of why I gave it a 4.1. I okay. think it's really well made, but not in my interest sphere. Fair enough. Anyway, I don't have a lot more to comment on it. Well, let's check out Legacy. What do you think of Legacy? Um, this is like him sort of, it's like he's talking about, uh, you know, being in high school or like, you know, maybe like early, you know, late elementary school or something like that. Um, and, it, you know, it's something at like the beginning like of like his... I don't know, story, I guess. Um, you know, he's getting picked on at school and, you know, it is something that he's talked about previously uh, that he's, you know, been bullied and all of that. Um, you know, and everything he does is part of his legacy and, you know, he always just felt like, you know, a weirder, weirdo or like an outsider or something like that and, you know, he didn't fit in and he didn't get along with anybody and he was like little and, you know, whatever and um, so he needed to do something that was going to make him feel you know huge right and like it's what he did um and like that's kind of like what his legacy is is that you know he made to, he was made to feel so small and, and insignificant and whatever and picked on and whatever else and that the world didn't give a shit about him and he came back with a vengeance and he was the greatest rapper of all time or so they say um <laughs> and so you know like it's it's kind of cool it's again he's that kind of overcoming and triumphant st kind of story that he's you know great at kind of doing sometimes um you know he's great at all kinds of things but that's one of the things that he's good at um and you know kind of again sort of like that like survival uh of like his kind of like childhood like this is more of what he's talking about of like kind of like that shit that you know people who have like a shitty childhood and like high school you know experience can definitely relate to um and there's you know lots of pe people like that unfortunately um and so it's you know it's all right it's not necessarily like the most like entertaining but it's good and it's honest and it's about his roots so you know it's nice so i gave it a 4.25 on five i liked it i did i felt it was a step up from the last track do i think it's amazing no this is like a forgettable good song like anytime i hear it i find it kind of enjoyable but if i didn't hear it i would forget it existed is the truth of this one the beat's very subdued the raining in the background and i think it's a call back to the idea that so like i think a lot of what this album is doing is revisiting the topics that made up the first album yeah. under the brighter perspective so instead of hating on his mom he's going at, um he's going after his dad 
he's still mad at women it's still complicated that's still the same and so in this case now the bullies thing you know we're revisiting it and it so. definitely ties back to like even just like the album cover where it's like his childhood home so it's kind of like what he was experiencing like at that time and so like back then it was like yeah the bullies don't fuck with me because i'm violent and now it's like well now there's an extra layer to that story and so he brought the first two verses which is i feel like verse one is the same in both both eras i was a kid i got fucked around the bullies are huge and they took me out you know that's all the way from back on the first album you know like yeah. our slim shady lp um and then in the next one he's a teenager and he's got this music to escape through and he realizes that whatever it's fucking you know aggression and blah 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 and what really made me respect this track a little bit uh more is because i've come to love it when uh, artists shout out their influences and actually kind of shout out the history so the fact that you know onyx inspired him so he did that or that's where the fife dog from a tribe called quest that's really cool too like that he gives that show that love to these people that kind of brought him to where he is when he was becoming the mc that he is and then in the third verse you know it's basically now he's fucking famous so whatever he's the best <laughs> i mean that's what it is yeah but what's really remarkable about this track is it all rhymes with the same rhyme so it all rhymes with that fallen noggin mind boggin walkman etc that's in the second verse the first verse fallen martian involved in often uh, my mom home awkward it all like and the way he rhymes it it's all the same the whole way through the whole song is that rhyme scheme hmm. i used to be the type of kid that always think this guy's falling so that all in there every single basically line and all, all of it like diabolical rock is you know in the third verse oh my ass even like that he says it all in the same kind of voice so okay. kudos to eminem and at that level there's a little technical element a little poetic cue that makes it a little stronger uh, i do think the beat stands out i this doesn't feel generic this feels like this is its own song and while maybe thematically he's approached bullying and stuff just this tone he took the somber mature looking back almost like he's sad he had to go through all of that to get to where he is now and there's like a cruel dampened poetic darkness attached to his success because this is the cost of it right so on that it's, it's all really cool i do feel like it's a good follow-up to the first album i like that uh next track really gets a little more upbeat you can say as we talk about the chocolate starfish the asshole <laughs> i mean i don't really know what else to add this is like the same fucking song that we've just heard i feel like the last three <laughs> songs are they sound like in the same mixing skew there is like yep. a, a difference in tone so yes like it's more upbeat but like he's thinking back on his career he's acknowledging his role in things like you know it's fine i love the flow that like, came to the world at a time when it was in need of a villain and asshole that will i think i succeeded and feel like it's fucking good it gets fucking dope to listen to the beats upbeat and pumping the drums is fucking banging uh skylar gray isn't annoying yet she becomes annoying <laughs> later on in life uh, i don't think eminem should use skylar gray on future projects but at least here it's cool like it's nice it's fresh um overall it's it's like really cool i think the first two verses are really good um i even enjoy the way he like attacks uh this like you know ask asheroth when he ran about diss me to shout me out like it's fucking fun when he kind of brings up some shit and uh because apparently uh asheroth had said uh really it's just crazy that he even knows my name that was his response to it but like asheroth was uh you know kind of I would didn't do that college song like wasn't that him like that did that fucking wonky ass rap song I don't remember the actual context of it but I know who he is and I think it's kind of cool that Eminem is is like really willing to go as far as to kind of diss him 
Um, anyway, uh, because, oh, it was Asher used it as a, like M was great. Yeah, he paved the way for me. He was inspiration oh. from everyone from A to Z. So that was what he said. I uh, kind of dissed him in that compliment. So Eminem kind of. It was like a backhanded compliment. Okay. And so he's like, quit acting salty and then act salty. And I think it's kind of funny. I think everything about this track is all good at that point. It's all playing into it. You know, the references are good. And then we get to the third verse. And you ain't uh, holy back while I'm the biggest jerk on the planet Earth. Smacked a girl out to make kind of blood everywhere. Then screamed, I see pee in this bitch. How do fucking magnets work? Because you're attractive and I am attractable. And I'm like. Yo, fuck <laughs> off with your ICP shit. Like at this point, the ICP thing is so dead. Did ICP drop a song called Miracles where Shaggy Too Dope unfortunately has the classic lyric, fucking magnets, how do they work? I don't want to <laughs> talk to a scientist, the motherfuckers lying and making up shit. Fair enough. It's a stupid lyric. The point of what they're saying is pretty smart. Because as we've come to see in recent times, there are scientists that are motherfuckers lying and making up shit. And actually, if you look in history, there's lots of examples of scientists lying and making up shit. I guess. So at like a face value lyric, it's stupid. At a conceptual level, it's actually kind of good. But let's talk about it. ICP has done a lot for a lot of people in the last decade. Eminem has not done that. <laughs> Eminem is pretty selfish is what we've come to see. Eminem mm. is an egotist. ICP's like literally led a march to Washington for fucking civil rights. That's and had cool. to Anyway, so all I'm saying is in 2020, ICP's kind of respected in a way as underground legends. And like, I don't know. Eminem does songs for 16-year-olds. So it's like... It, I don't know. Maybe that was... I'm just saying. When I heard this, all of that went through my mind. But it's just... They run it for so fucking long. Like, the ICP shit is really a big part of that verse. And it's just not enjoyable for me. So it really put me off. Hmm. And then he goes through the rest of the verse. And it's okay. But it just... I don't know. It just... I didn't want to listen anymore. Because I don't want to diss ICP. I mean, I get why he used to diss ICP. But, like, even in 2010, ICP's music was pretty... Like, that album with Miracles is pretty good. It's a good album, even if that track's a little goofy. Anyhow, they're on their up and up at that point. Okay. So, all I'm saying is it felt cheap. And as a juggalo, I didn't like it. But, I don't know. Or the whole... Because you're a gold digger since you were a minor. Been trying to hunt me like a dog because you're on my ass. But you can't get a scent because all my spare time is spent. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up, man. I don't know. I guess the re that whole third verse just didn't hit me right. Okay. But I recognize it's really good. And everything I said is a little petulant. So I'm not going to, like, add it to it. I, I do think this is a song that if I don't listen to him on that third verse and I just kind of get that past it, it's pretty good. It has that Eminem aggressive assholeness to it. The chorus slaps hard. It is stadium music, but I think it's got a great energy. So I give it a 4.35. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely has like a, a strong beat and like a, a fast flow and everything else as well. Um, you know, and he's just sort of saying like he has acted like an asshole, uh, you know, basically because he was like the best and he was just treated so like like he could be an asshole and people would still like do whatever for him so you know but like unfortunately i think he realized that after like maybe being like that um you know people don't necessarily respect guys like that um and you know they expect him to be nicer and like more mature and like you know 
ready to deal with shit and like you know but um yeah he, so sometimes he was like riled up and like an like an act like acted like an asshole and um yeah he's just kind of like you know owning up to that um and like especially in like rap battles he's kind of he mentions that as well um but he's done with like feeling like bad for himself so he's not going to be like a like a lump kind of like whatever and he's he's going to take over again and he doesn't kind of give a shit about anyone and he's always kind of like back to being sort of an asshole like i wasn't really quite sure um <laughs> but uh i mean it's well done it's not my favorite but i like it and you know he's an asshole apparently but like from most stories that i've heard uh like of people having worked with him and stuff like that I, I think i've said it before like you know he has been like told to be like you know a nice guy and very decent and friendly and like sincere and everything else so i don't know if necessarily well i mean depends maybe if he was on drugs or drunk and you know just was you know if you're with like your guys maybe you're gonna be a little bit more like showboaty or like assholey or whatever because like you know you're with your guys and uh, i don't know i gave it a 4.5 on 5 i liked it awesome the next track is the lead single off the album and is the halfway point we can call it so let's discuss berserk okay give it to him rick rubin did not entirely go ahead and <laughs> jack a popular song there's a little more effort into completely stealing and no but to be fair when i say steal i mean eminem walked up to rick rubin for this one and said i want to make an early hip-hop song and when they say early hip-hop they're talking evidently beastie boys 1986 type shit right yeah and that's what this is this is a beastie boys song written in 2013 by eminem and rick rubin and i guess rick rubin was involved in the writing of the old beastie boys shit okay. so i mean it actually kind of works uh, everything about this is actually really awesome to me <laughs> um it's awesome to me having listened to beastie boys and understanding their significance uh the scratching all of the way this beat goes but just the way he rhymes it with the, like sticker so that's that's my pick man you know just the way he does all that shit he flows it well the way he rides the beat yeah uh, it's so well done he's like shout out to kendrick and then kendrick shows up in the video which is hilarious <laughs> um i like lines like been public enemy since you thought pe was gym bitch because again nice. like just sneaking into this early hip-hop shit where you're like all right all right because that's true when i was young and you knew what public enemy was i did in fact only think pe was gym until i got older mm-hmm um the core education um i don't know then like it's cool like the pre-chorus is fun like kick your shoes off let your hair down it gets goofy it's fun and this is basically the real slim shady track of this album right okay but yeah. it's done in like a, a much it's so cool like i think this is cool like i think this is a track for hip-hop heads mm-hmm. that's done in a pop way that I think appealed to maybe neither group the way that he was hoping <laughs> for but since I love pop and hip-hop it's hitting me perfect um like, I don't know. It's more like hip-hop. Hey. <laughs> uh, then he's got the whole dress coded in the second verse, but really it's the Kid Rock part that I fucking love. So come get this pop, this Kid Rock. ba ba da ba Dang, dang. And then you have Kid Rock coming in and saying the wrong lyrics, but like <laughs> he does it like ba ba da ba then pow 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 chicka pow chicka pow pow Grab your gal going up a valve of a valve valve. It's just good. It taps into scat, and I thought a lot about it. That's cool. I think scat is highly underused in hip-hop and um i think people should understand the value of that shit as a lyrical thing and when it's done well because eminem does do it like if you think of square dance yeah he does it there a bit it's fucking cool and he's basically tapping into that when he does this shit here and i think it's nice 
anyway then the shot goes through and it's kind of fucking good and i don't know if there's like uh any other particular lines that i thought were like super next level but like you know royce is in the video overall it's really fun he fucks the ugly kardashian and then the track ends it's really big it's really anthemic and that's just kind of what it is but it's got a great beat eminem does some vocal play that's dope and i actually really love this song listening to it today now more than i did when it dropped so understanding what they're doing with it i actually think they delivered pretty well 4.5 on 5 yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, definitely. It it, it was uh, inspired or whatever by uh, Beastie Boys' "Fight for Your Right," um, and it ha has also for me like um like a some sort of something that's similar to "Shake That Ass," uh, like it kind of like a reference back to it. Um, and it is sort of like a fun, goofy sort of like Eminem sort of song, and yet still like at the, at the same time, exactly like what you said, a nod to like old school hip hop, like for sure. Um, and you know, he's you know he's a great rapper, and he does a really great job on this one. And at the same time as it being like a reference to like old school hip hop, at the same time it's very like rock influenced. Um, it definitely has like a super strong energy to it, and I you know I like you know you were talking about Rick Rubin, and he's mentioned in fact um, on the song so anyways it's definitely like a good one to like hype up a crowd i think this is definitely definitely like another like stadium hit so i give it a 4.75 the next one's really special to me all right let's talk about rap god last last july is in 2019 a much larger version of myself uh went on stage at just for laughs montreal on the outside with the big stage i haven't got the video over on my facebook's and whatnot i might have put it on this channel actually it is on this channel you can look for that um and uh i spit rap god live and i killed it i'm not trying to be <laughs> like arrogant about it i mean i nearly got it syllable for syllable in a live environment without a hype man i killed it so if anyone ever wants to question it eminem said you can't criticize him if you can't do it i can fucking do godzilla i so let's talk if we really want to go into it if you can do godzilla then i guess you can talk about a lot of shit i'm not really like trying to say you can't have an opinion if you can't but eminem said that was fucking important for the ability to criticize him and yeah i'm bragging because yo it's not easy to be able to do that shit um rap god is a very long song and while at this moment it would take me a couple of refreshers i can more or less do this track by heart and i have to say it was a challenge to do this song the first time back in like 2014 i did this song or maybe when it dropped i did it i thought it was so cool and i actually bombed the only time in my life i ever did not enjoy the performance was the first time i did rap god the second time i did rap god i actually did it a couple months later to redeem myself i did it all right but i had a lot of trouble remembering it because my knowledge of hip-hop was not very strong yet then we started doing behind that suit and we started reviewing stuff and all of a sudden as i went back to rap god preparing for that illustrious 2019 performance where i did it pretty well i realized <laughs> there were just so many clues and hidden things in this song that are just it's like the more you know like as an example i had a lot of trouble with this part but uh, but as rude as an indecent as i hell so the bulls gonna haul like this uh kill them all with this but you don't really want to get a two and match with this rapidly rap this part was all simple all of that made sense to me this next line always i always had trouble with it back in the day packing the back in the back of the act then we did big pun 
And then all of a sudden, mm. packing the Mac in the back of the act, packing the Mac in the back of the act, packing the Mac in the back. You know, like, yeah. how can you ever forget that? So now when I get to it, I'm like, you know what I get into? Whip us a match with this rapidly brat, packing the Mac in the back of the yak, back, pack, rap, crap, yap, yap, yak, yak, yak. So, like, <laughs> you get to that, and yeah. it adds this level of understanding what he's actually saying here. Like, you really want to come at him? Yeah. He knows these things. He can go and dig And in, he knows, like, you know, his history. Which is what he's doing there. So not only he's pointing out he's from the 90s. And then he drops fucking a big pun nugget where honestly it's an if you know you know moment. Yep. And a lot of people that went over their head. And then because packing the Mac in the back of the act is a lyrical acrobatic stunt that big pun would brag about doing to get better. He drops it up with that. And I think say, like, I attempt these lyrical acrobat stunts when I'm practicing that. And then goes just nuts with it you know with the next line you know the flow is pretty crazy it's the yeah. bit of a motherfucker day but a bit of back book but if i get sing and it's like fucking nuts so he just doubles it up like that anyway it's all right we don't have to go <laughs> through the rest of the verse this track is six minutes of fucking ridiculous you know the people he shouts out i'm a product of rakim lakim shabazz tupac nwa Pay, doc ran you know all of those people he shouts yep. them out meets from dmc says a bunch of gay shit that would never pass in 2020 and was kind of <laughs> awkward to perform on stage in 2019 so it is what it is but it's all right because it kind of even pulls back to the like you know dre gay lines of the other yeah it's fine but that third verse is when it goes fucking nuts let's yeah. be real right and it goes through with a lot of cool lines like one of the lines that didn't mean a lot to me even until dj black hurricane got us to review organized confusion is when he said it was king of the underground but i still rap like i'm on my pharaoh munch crying so Hell i yeah. crunch rhymes and sometimes and then you realize oh my god eminem really did jack that shit not jack it but like he's so inspired by it mm-hmm. and he i don't know it's just really cool it's just really enjoyable uh it builds up and then everybody knows eminem says the stupidest shit i've ever heard in my life when he goes summa luma duma luma it doesn't mean shit okay i don't know it's just fucking guard whatever so and he does this whole thing so the fast part you know you assuming i'm i'm a human what i gotta do to get it through to you i'm superhuman etc and it's all fun to say live it's a lot of whatever there's a couple of other bars that are kind of like you know he's still making you know beating women bars and whatever it's an yep. awkward song to perform live and as a white you know dude in 2019 going <laughs> aware of all the shit i'm saying i don't know what being white actually had to do with that being a person in 2019 <laughs> um I'm, I'm like saying this shit like and i forgot bad of the women and i'm like i'm just i just said a bar about beating women because i'm de- anyway <laughs> it's fucking great i just think this song is six minutes like this is it this is in my opinion one of the greatest songs in his career mm-hmm. because it's really hard to perform this shit you can do it though it is actually doable without a hype man he uses a hype man eminem can't perform this live without a hype man i've watched i've never seen him do it without a hype man he always has his fucking dude there going like he'll be like so this is how eminem does it some of them are you assuming i'm a human what i gotta do to get it through you i'm super human innovative and i'm in a rubber about everything you say is quick shit through you and then he goes <gasps> as the next dude finishes the line and then he jumps back in and, and and does it he takes a full fucking breath because mm. his hype man finishes that last bit for him so the mm, little bit of the magic taken away I was a little bit disappointed in Eminem throwing it out there. Okay. I didn't have no fucking hype man doing that for me. So I'm trying. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not better than Eminem. Eminem fucking he's great. <laughs> this track is brilliant. Okay. Like the beat's yep. so awful though. Like it's awfully obnoxious, <laughs> but it really goes back to a time. I think in the nineties when the beats are stripped down, they're really not that appealing and they're meant to draw all focus to the vocals, the delivery. And he, he, he just flosses and he makes it happen. Um, end of the day, uh, it is 
one of the most impressive tracks in his career. It is the first time he broke a speed record. That wasn't actually true because there were faster guys at the time, but nobody knew about them. Right. I digress. Uh, he's the first famous guy to be tracked, I guess, by Billboard to go that fast. And yeah, it is what it is. It's a five on five. Yep. This is possibly the most impressive track on the album. Possibly is one contender. Yeah, I mean, and like, I mean, like you were saying, like it kind of like starts off um, with like a clip and like like a like a news like old school kind of like news anchor from like a cartoon or something and it sounded very like mf doom like inspired so i feel like that was also kind of like a callback to like um like horrorcore and like that's you know what he loved and like you know what he does throw into some of his songs like he likes that sort of like genre so i think that that's kind of like cool as well um you know, this is basically the song where he validates the fact that he is a rap god by like spitting hard, fast, and talking about, you know, all that he's accomplished, but not leaving out like, you know, who led him here and who brought him here and like all of that and kind of like nodding off and like, you know, sort of like an acceptance speech at like the Oscars, like sort of like also kind of like saying like all these people like helped contribute to like my success um, and like, you know, by them being them and like doing what they did, like they're awesome and they're great and kind of inspired me. So kind of like that as well. So um, yeah, I thought it was like a nice beat. Um, and like he flows like uh, on like different beats sort of like throughout the song um, but it works and you know he quotes like you know a lot of like superhero comics um, which he like has definitely like made reference to in like past songs and past music videos and things like that um, he definitely likes comics and superheroes and kind of like that sort of like overcoming and like you know all of that um, you know and uh, you know I like that he mentioned Pharaoh Monch and like all of that and um, he basically flows on and on and on and it does it so like easily and like smoothly and like the song is like obviously epic because you know and i can't really say anything bad about it like it's just like awesome it's you know he's a genius the song is a genius um and he is what it is what you know he is what he is and he's saying it and this is what it is because if he wasn't then why would he say he is um so it's a five on five for me um yeah that's it all right next up we have a song that I mean, it sucks to be the song to follow rap god. Let's talk about Brainless. Here's the thing. I feel like we already heard this track. Like, this is the second song about bullying and life being hard. This one's maybe a little more going in on the bullying. Like, he's a little bit off and his mom's calling him kind of brainless or whatever. But what's the first one? He's really young, you know, and he's got his quesadilla. It's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, it's not that actually clever. It's fine. But I love the way he rides the beat. I love the energy on this beat. Yo, the beat is the best part of this song. Straight okay. up. That is a good beat. And the way he bounces on it is amazing. But then you're like, whatever. You're fucking around. He looks like a wuss. He gets fucked around with. The kid's huge. Reminiscent of the guy on the other album that fucking shoved him in a locker. Right chorus is whatever i don't know maybe you like it but i feel like it's fine if you had a brain be dangerous a brain it, and whatever fine who cares it's not that interesting i'm saying like it's as far as eminem choruses go this one feels like he phoned it in it's fine uh the versus the second one he's now he's a teenager he's got some shit going on and i, I don't know like what's going on he, he he threw a break uh 
or whatever. Sorry, he's trying to blend more in school. This shit helps for sure because he's rapping. I guess he's being able to fucking come through, and so he migrates into rhyming in the second verse, and it gives him kind of strength. But that sounds like when he was just listening to Onyx and shit on the other track. Yeah. Like I feel like it's the exact same progression in this track. Fine, and then he does door hinge syringe and orange oh come goes on goes back to that yeah everybody's always going on about how eminem can rhyme with orange anybody and their fucking brother can rhyme with orange if you understand the concept of a fucking feminine rhyme like most rhymes aren't direct rhymes <laughs> like that's bad writing good writing is playing with more complicated rhymes so if you think it's impressive that eminem can rhyme syringe and orange come on <laughs> everybody who can rap should be able to do that it's not impressive it's not even that clever it's not hard if you understand multi-syllabic rhymes maybe okay. maybe back in the day they didn't but i'm pretty sure like farrell Monch could have come up with that same shit in 91 all right like yeah. it's not that impressive when you know the history and then what verse three comes through and you know, I told you one day, I said I had a red carpet rolled out. I'm like, oh, so I guess now he's famous and whatever. He's, he's lashing out. I thought it was kind of fun when he said a stroke of sheer genius, smoke and mirrors, tactical, practical jokes. Yeah, you motherfucking insert, insult here. That was funny. That I did enjoy. Then I guess there's more fucking ins like that white trash traffic and grid last year hopping like six bus from a kid rocket sing crown posse and mid -oct and then it's like why you bring them up again I guess because it's Detroit and he's up the street from them and that's a real thing that happened maybe I don't know and the song just kind of ends and I'm like insane is ain't even a word you stupid fuck neither is ain't <laughs> it's like shut up ain't yeah. is a word it is a normative word actually that is not even true eminem you're not right <laughs> you're just not correct based on how language works ain't yeah but it's what people always say but ain't isn't a word i guess you're okay i get your point i get your point i'm not going to drive that home okay. i'm just a geek like that yeah. still this sounds a four on five okay like it doesn't do anything and it's literally just we've heard like am i wrong no, like am i making right. that up like is it not just what we just heard like a f what fucking like four songs ago yeah it's pretty close it's uh i don't know i mean he he starts off and he's just kind of like oh i'm the talk of the town like everybody's talking about him but i think at this point nobody was like i don't know no, he, he was, like he was, was like old old news he was a big deal in 2013 still still a big deal but i don't know if everybody was talking about him but anyways there's like you know okay, and like the old like news anchor again and we have him like sort of just saying like talking about lobotomies and things like that and like you know taking out his brain and then his mom just kind of kind of being like you know if he had a brain he'd be dangerous and like i feel like that's like such like a mom expression or something like you know you would say that about someone because like clearly he's like popular and he's successful and if he like actually you know was a smart businessman you know like he would you know he would be dangerous like you know he would take over and like do all these things and whatever else and he would use his fame for like you know other things um and probably because you know he lived on like the edge a little bit and you know made some like stupid decisions and you know all of that you know she's you know so i think he's sort of like maybe like regretting some of the choices that he's made uh in the past and like you know kind of kind of fessing up a little bit and you know he's he's kind of saying like you know i would just wish i'd use my brain and you know didn't make these like stupid choices and whatever um and then he you know he does use a lot of like 
uh, brain and like head and like off the dome like type uh, verses. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, like, tie into like the, you know, the title of the song and all of that. Um, you know, it's it has some good rhymes, but it's not necessarily like my favorite on here. I don't know. I gave it a 4.2 on 5. All right. Well, the truth is, Bonnie, <laughs> I'm stronger than I was. Jeez, she must have been really weak. Okay, look, this is like, I guess, Haley's song part two or something. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's going for on this. The the beat is really big. And here's the thing. Um, he's like featuring this like uh, famous piano dude, Luis Resto. And when I really listen to the music, it's actually really nice. Hmm. Kind of. The, the piano is nice. The, yep. the emotion it captures is, is symphonic or whatever. And, and then Eminem starts, yo. He used to say, I don't know, I can't even do it. It's actually just bad. He just whined. Yeah. He used to say I'd never be nothing without you and I'd believe I'm shot in the lungs at gas by careful. Yo, if you check on Genius, it's not clear if it's Eminem or Kim's perspective in the first and second verses making this utterly fuck off. It's just a whiny <laughs> ass song about Kim. There you go. About how they're on again, off again bullshits there. There's nothing in this track that is redeemable in terms of it. That is some whiny ass fucking singing he does here. It's really annoying. Yep. It is annoying. But you will break me. You'll just make. Shut the fuck up, is my thought when I first heard that. Like, what are you saying? Yep. That's not true. Evidently, she fucked you up, dog, and you weren't stronger because of her. Like, you got weak because of her. That yep. isn't what happen here i'ma still be humble when i scream fuck you because i'm in my 30s now like dude you're in your 30s what the fuck i'm 32 now if i walked around and i acted like that in any way i'd be made fun of and laughed the fuck out of here because that's not man shit and i know we gave eminem a pass for a long time but this is pathetic this is a pathetic tune um Fair. Then the second verse is awful. I, it's just whatever. Like, cause yo, he's done so many good versions of this track. That, that, like, Crazy and Love's a good version of this track, as an example. Like, it's pretty fucking, you know, okay. up there, upbeat. You know, like, there's an energy. This is just, I don't know why. And then he does his rap verse. You walked out, I almost died. It was almost a homicide that you caused, cause I was so. No, 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 no. Shut the fuck up, Eminem. You treated that woman like shit okay like you admitted it yep and then she left you at some point and you're gonna act like that because she whatever didn't you cheat on her and then in because remember in kim the song he's like didn't he try to like shoot her like he cheated like, on her and then her? got mad at her for cheating on him two years later like there's so much irrationality and eminem shit you know thought you were bonnie and clyde nah the inside you were jekyll and Hyde. so are you so are there you. you go and i guess that's the greater point of this track but yo, everything about this was fucking whiny and annoying it was november 31st today would have been an anniversary shut up every one of these lines just made me go like who the fuck cares about any of this shit yeah it's like eminem felt away felt sad about kim wanted to write a pop ballad on this pop album and it really just showed that like I don't know. Y'all can like this one. I think this is the. <laughs> this might be the worst. This is and drips. I don't know if I like I this least than drips. I like drips less. This is my second least favorite Eminem song in his entire catalog of everything I've heard. Yeah. Three on five because the piano part is nice enough. Yeah, true. But it's a boring, boring song. Yeah, I don't really have. It is 
It definitely sucks this one. Um, and it just sounds so pop. It's slower. Like, literally any angry, sad, sappy male pop star could have sung this song. And, Would like, have been better. Yeah, like, anybody could have sung this. And, like, it's just generic. It doesn't sound like it. It almost doesn't sound like Eminem, but, like, you know it is. And, like, you know... Blech. I don't know. It's it sucks. Uh, you know he's stronger than he was. Blah blah blah. We've heard it all before. He went through a shitty relationship. Blah blah blah. Three point five on five. All right, let's move on to a smash hit where he left the singing to a professional. Hell yeah. Let's talk about the monster featuring Riri. I mean, this song is exactly what it is—a smash pop rap Rihanna Eminem song. Hell yeah. I mean, after love the way you lie. On Love the Way You Lie Part 2. Um, this just makes sense. They they have the exact same chemistry. Not much has changed in their worlds. Things are still chaotic for both of them. Yep. Neither of them have locked down and uh, found significant others. This is for pre-Fenty Beauty. Uh, Rihanna has not yet taken out hits on her accountant. So we're not quite at that point in her career mm-hmm. yet. She's also not released work. Yeah. <sighs> the world is not better with that song and all in my her opinion. Sexy lingerie. So, because yeah, I was watching the music video, and while I couldn't give a shit about it, because it's kind of boring, uh, looking at Rihanna in 2013 and thinking about like the way she almost breaks out of that shell into this new person is truly fascinating. And yeah. I think that's interesting. Like Rihanna is such a character in music worth studying, just as a person, a pop star, how she played the game and stuff. Um, and she doesn't dance. Uh, what do you think about this song, though? Because I mean, I feel like you are the target of this way more than I am. Uh, yep, uh, definitely always a smart move to get uh, Riri on one of your songs. It's you know, she's amazing, um, and you know, especially now, I think that she probably has you know even more fans than she ever did. Um, so it's a great song, but it's poppy. I'm gonna give it give it that, you know. But he definitely, you know, he does his part, and it's not necessarily poppy. It's just on a pop beat, and then it has Rihanna, who's kind of poppy, um, you know. So he's sort of just like fighting with himself and like Hold out. On. Yes. Doubling up your vocals and singing. Not much of a pop, and I know somebody wants to admit that's so poppy. Like I don't know how much more poppy you can get than that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but I just mean like he's still rapping, but like he's still pretty poppy. Yeah. Um, and like I said, so he's like outwardly he seems one way, but inside he's dealing with like pain and like that monster that like wants to like get out and then like kind of take over his life. I mean. I love this song. Uh, it, it is a really just like a great song. It is definitely like a pop hit and like it still plays on the radio. It's still, you know, going on. And I think this is their fourth song together. So like there's obviously like a good working relationship between the two of them. And, you know, he's kind of talking about his struggles, you know, with like OCD and like addiction and also like trying to like control himself like that monster that's within him and like i think that that might also like a part of it be his ego like which kind of comes out and kind of takes over and like things like that um i don't know i love this song i still listen to it i think they both do like a fantastic job and i think that they make a great team so i give this a five on five um fun fact eminem pissed off his neighbors because as we learn later on he has a mansion but lives in a house which is apparently true because his neighbors complained about his yodeling because he was practicing the yodeling <laughs> for this track and it was obnoxious imagine you live next to eminem. You're like, 
and you live next to Eminem and he's in the backyard because he got kicked out. Like, come on. Give it to you like your basement or like your recording room or whatever and practice it And then you're just walking by and it's Eminem yodeling. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Eminem can just pay the noise complaint ticket. I mean... I mean, I don't have a lot to comment on this track. It is exactly what it is. It's it's good. Um, I really enjoy it. Like, you got your fun lines. Like, because all I wanted to do is be the Bruce Lee's of Loose Leaf. He delivers. He does it all. It's fun. It's li- yep. it's goofy. Um, I mean, it, he manages to yodel in a song, and he's getting a four and a half on five. I mean, because it really is well done. And part of it is really just, like, I listen to it a lot in my life. And when I hear it today, after seven years, I still enjoy the feeling of listening to this song. I think yeah. it delivers. What I... I can I would say that if like I was looking at the hits on his album, this isn't encouraging to me for his future of his career. I think this is predictive of where he's going. And if I'm like one of those pure hip hop heads who hates pop music, I totally can understand why you don't. But I love right. pop and I love hip hop. So hearing this to me, it's a good mix of the two. I think it's a smash. I think it's like when Eminem. This is like the best pop song on this album. Okay. Most of the other ones on this album yep. do miss. They're not great. This one, well, they're all right. They're generic. This one is distinct. Like, it just stands out. And we all know Rihanna carries this track way more <laughs> than Eminem does. Like, the, the, think about the earworms. The, ah, 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 ah. Like, that shit's stuck in you. When you're thinking about it after, it's almost like the chorus slams harder than any one of his verses. Well, yeah. And that's not the same thing as Love the Way You Lie, where those verses slap as hard as the chorus right so okay. that is an interesting transition on this i mean it's fine like it's it's cool but like i don't know that the intervention line is cool like it's kind of cheesy it's like i don't know like i like it it's just not five on five amazing it's just a really great song where i'm gonna have to admit nostalgia plays into why it gets such a good mark and if i came into this fresh without like a lot of memories of trying to sing it and learn it yeah. like, i might not feel the same way but it's cool following stronger than i was in the conceptual point because <coughs> so rap god the whole first half of the album up until rap god seems to be a lot about his career and legacy then we go rewind back right so that that was the dad chapter he became a rapper to say fuck you to his dad now we're on the other side of his life so we rewind brainless starts off his mom so he brings up his mom really for the first time here talking about how he's crazy so we're back at the youth and in a sense maybe that's why he redoes it to kind of rewind and now it's going a different path yeah so he's emotionally fucked up on stronger than i was the monster he's embracing the shit that he's emotionally fucked up and then he continues this trend of emotional fucked up loveness as he kind of goes through the rest of it as we can check out the next track um well maybe not so much on so far but he does keep that theme going throughout the rest of this yeah but even so far uh let's get into it okay so as i was going on like for this track right like it kind of has this semblance of a love-hate relationship and a complicated emotional state with his fame yeah right so it does stay in that core theme and this time we discuss it so it's almost like the first half of the album was about like eminem the the persona Okay. And then the second half of the album is about Marshall Mathers, the man. It's kind of the main point I was trying to drive home. What do you think about this track, though? Um, I mean, I like the the little like scratch at the beginning that sounds like the intro, uh, or not necessarily the intro, but like it sounds like an Eric B and Rakim uh, scratch. You know, again, throwback to like his roots. And he sounds like he's trying to like imitate uh another performer that we will soon see on this uh album uh nate uh 
Nate Ruiz, Ruiz, I don't mm. know how to say his name. Um, and at the same time, it definitely sounds like very country and like kind of like shouting out like, you know, I guess like the rednecks in Detroit that like, you know, supported him and, you know, kept him going and thanking them. And, you know, it's sort of like a song for like his roots and sort of like, like all the things that kind of like made him, him, um, come together it just kind of like does that and you know i like the throwback to like old songs that he kind of does on this one like it's not necessarily one that like i'd really like go for just because it's like a little too country for my likings but it's cool that he did that and that you know he does touch on different genres as part being like an influence on him in his life and his music so i give it a four on five i really enjoy it um i think this song has a charm to it where I'll agree the country is not my favorite part of it and that's maybe why it's not higher graded for me but in general this track is is fun to listen to like this is actually like kind of the opposite like I'm not as drawn to it originally but there's so many lines in it that are goofy that are fun like it's really not that serious it's like this in this moment the one-liner landscape he paints about his life is kind of interesting because you get the sense of like you know like oh shit i'm trying to like go to the store and people are fucking noticing me and i can't go shopping at you know costco properly anymore yeah it's fucking <laughs> funny um i feel like this lyric just sums up the entire song mule i'm as stubborn ass because mm, he says mule i'm a stubborn ass but the way he says ass is ass so it's mule i'm a stubborn ass yeah but mule i'm a stubborn ass because you're stubborn ass. and that's the song everything in this song is written like that and it's really great when eminem does this i think he truly shines this is his biggest strength is these fucking things but then it's just like shit where it's like yo so i ran it i can't even take a shit i run into todd and he like fucking scribbles notes and it's kind of goofing on what happened in the way i am right it's goofing on like the kind of even take a shit in the bathroom staller yeah what's really fun is at the end of the second verse when he goes uh other day someone got all elaborate and then the beat flips up and stuck a head from a fucking dead cat in my mailbox because when i'm back the bullies left him alone after he stuck a, a dead cat in the mailbox and yeah. they said eminem's a psycho so now and then he's then it flips into the real slim shady went to burger king they spit on my onion rings i think my karma's catching up on me <laughs> and i just that shit is is actually really funny yeah. and it's rewarding to me as an eminem fan from that era like yeah. this song was actually written for me as the longtime time eminem mm, fan okay. it's so full of easter eggs it's just got so many goofy fucking moments i love also the part where it's like chunk music yellow is better fucking bitch like because that's actually <laughs> what's going on in his life he picks up yellow wolf and he's getting all this buzz not entirely like let's be real yellow wolf never passed them but that definitely started happening as right. women wanted the hotter younger white trashier because yo happen. straight up eminent a uh, yellow wolf is more attractive than eminem he's covered in tattoos in a more appealing way like i'm not like trying to imply I'm, I'm like hitting on him but objective marketability <laughs> is what it is yo. he's hotter um the chorus is just fun but really i think the where this track really shines is when he's like got friends on facebook all over the world yeah not sure what that means they tell me it's as good and i love the way he goes i'm artist of the deck and the way he says i'm <laughs> artist of the decade almost kind of sounds like i'm on instagram like the way he says it is almost homophoning in that regard, which I think is kind of clever. 
if it's true and you okay. know even got a plaque i'd hang it up but the frame is all cracked get it butt crack and it's just that's my marshall like that's <laughs> where it's okay when you're doing dad jokes you can always be goofy and immature it's when you're acting goofy and immature that it's not cool you know like like there's this song comes off like eminem embracing dad jokes and i love that about this song and it makes me really enjoy listening to it anyway overall i like it i can't say much more about it it's a 4.5 on 5 it's really great it's all over and uh it picks up the album in my opinion and then we move into a very spectacular moment on this project play a love game a love game again not to be confused with gaga in everything about this song is fucking brilliant mm -hmm. uh it is one of the greatest eminem songs on the other hand at the coin and i feel like it's kind of underrated and people don't really listen to this enough yeah. probably because of the album it's on and the era but holy shit rick rubin what does he do takes a very popular sample doesn't change it very much mm -hmm. add some heavy drums <clears throat> rick rubin classic, classic. <laughs> and it really is though you see it all over m's career when rick rubin's name is there Eminem's just great. Like off the jump, this this is the kind of Eminem love song corrupt shit that I love. Okay, like it is just so funny. So having this on the album makes stronger than it was garbage. Yeah, like it really does. All right, so I could go through it. It is a long and crazy fucking story. In the first verse, he like walks in on this girl's house. It's her house, and he catches her fucking. Um, some guy but the way it goes down is hilarious and, and and it's so creative i caught this for the first time and you know why it's because i don't remember who uh jonathan barnes got us to do a tribe called quests mm -hmm. a low-end theory right i hadn't listened to that one properly so that was this year and so we got to this part so i think i give it a benefit of the doubt i think i might be able to bust a buster that's so scary yo though and it hurts bryce hope it ain't here we go now and I'm like, oh my gosh, he <laughs> flips into the scenario flow after the bustle bustle, which is in that shit. Yep. And then, because my head already goes to worst case scenario throughout the first place. But show you confirm my low end theory though. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, bars of the <laughs> album right there. Because I didn't get it back in the day. Like, I never true. even I mean, like, caught that before. But the fact and you that wouldn't he, if you didn't know it. But he flips into the whole flow and everything <clears throat> seamlessly. And then back out of it does some crazy ass baseball bars. Throw about the way, you know, third base because it was the first date going all the way to home plate. And then, but you slid straight first for the dome. Again, filling in dome face first. No, you know, really, it's just. It's just so good as she's literally sucking the dick and trying to get out of it and it's fucking hilarious and then she's sucking on a bunch of famous people and what's really cool is the Anye line just keeps going Kanye LeBron a con J LeBron and it, it's good it's all yeah. rhyming and then the chorus comes in and uh you know you have the Wayne Fontana sample and then Kendrick Lamar apparently Kendrick came in just to do the chorus and M kind of got him in and this is a week before the control verse hmm. control verse if you don't know what that is, is when Kendrick Lamar name dropped like a bunch of rappers and tore up the game right. back in the day. So there's this <laughs> idea that Kendrick did this verse with Eminem and then was so inspired to go do this. But anyway, okay. so Eminem's in the studio, Kendrick lays the chorus, and then he was like, yo, Kendrick, you want to do a verse? And then he made everybody leave so that Kendrick could write and record <laughs> the verse by himself. And in a way, it's a way to ensure that only Kendrick wrote the verse. Yeah. For, it's so cool. I didn't even know Eminem was G like that. Anyway, 
Kendrick's coming and does the chorus. It's beautiful. He does his verse, and I love the flow on it. Um, fun fact. I'm pretty proud of my ability to change voices in the middle of a conversation and just kind of keep going and i can kind of do a whole bunch of ranges and shit and expressions and i mean she can attest to that uh but it was mostly this sh- this song actually that helped me develop that skill set when i was younger because okay. listen to kendrick's verse and how he has a different voice every fucking four bars so i'm the kind of guy to be like i told that bitch i'm a sucker for love you a sucker for dick but then i'd flip it up to sharon is not available i leave a message after time to kendrick i forget the you. so i would i would try to practice flipping every one of these fucking voice names it's brilliant mm-hmm. so in, in kendrick's case he feels like an idiot because he's following up with sharon and she's fucking everybody and he's caught <laughs> up on her and so he's owning it and it really fits into Eminem and I love that he ties it into Shireen because that ties into his life and all of that shit brings you back to good things but he's also like got some political binds like I want you as bad as the head shattered on George Zimmerman which is a good line because he wants that head so bad like oh Kendrick's a G back back before Kendrick gets so famous that he's a damn Kendrick with the ego (laughs) anyway uh, it's so good everything down to the chlamydia couldn't even get rid of her pity the fool and pity the fool of me I'ma live with that shame of love I really love this song I really fucking do um, Eminem's last verse is literally nuts okay it is this fucking story we don't have to go through all the bars what is really important though is he's going through this shit he sends this girl a text and shit's crying up and then all of a sudden for some reason she's screaming he body slams this girl onto the cement until <laughs> the concrete gave and created a sinkhole he buried the stinkhole in it then paid to have the street repaved and this was so preposterous to even Eminem he's like why am I paying to fix the hole in my dream <laughs> and he's like the fuck woke up in a dream state goes through this whole thing he realizes he's next to her so this whole time he's trying to get away mm-hmm. in this dream he's with her and then he goes nuts and he's fucking going crazy like and it's just the part where I love it like I confess I'm a static addict I guess that's why I'm so clingy every girl I ever has since I got too much baggage or oh, I'm too of a fucking dramatic man what the fuck is the matter I'm just a fucking I just I love it I love it the way you fucking combative possessive in fact yeah it just is so good it's just so fucking fun the way his flows all over the place sends the girl a fucking car message she dies in a car crash she can't get over it um i don't know it flows into this whatever and then i like when he's like you want an intimidate i want to intimidate i have infinite hate in the blood it's mainly because of wait dinner at eight i have infinite it's like he interrupts his like fucking recording of the take because she's so powerful she her interruption makes it onto the album and he can't even get rid of it because mm. it's so perfect and then he just finishes the verse like it's just on every level of a brilliant eminem song this is the most i think artistically like what we loved about eminem back in the day brought to the table on this and it's because he had to compete against the rapper that actually made him fucking step up i think and I, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure him. eminem already had his bars down but he knew kendrick was going to be on this track because mm-hmm. he'd invited him in and I think it's amazing that the only rap feature on the album ends up with honestly the most impressive storytelling. The most impress like like you might not agree with me, but like I could listen to this song a thousand times and it's not like it gets boring. It's just so diverse and alive yeah, it's and fun. so it's a five on five. I don't know if this is my favorite song, because Rap God is I like Rap God for different reasons. I respect right. Rap God. I really fucking enjoy Love Game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, super cool, uh, you know. And Kendrick was, like, super hot at this time as well. So, I mean, again, a great person to have on your uh, album, um, you know, to kind of get, like, the next, you know, like, his fans and, like, you know, try to draw in some more, you know, fans, I guess, essentially. Um, 
And this one has like a nice beat, a super fun flow. Like it's, you know, very like 60s inspired because the song that was sampled and like the beat and like the, you know, like the background vocals, like that is a 60s song. Um, and like it is a fun song as it is. Um, their rhymes are both great. Um, like, I don't know, Kendrick is awesome and like brings like this kind of like fresh feeling to like Eminem's like song and like it just it sounds great and like it's it, it is like fresh like that's like a pretty good word oh I can like use to like describe it so it has like nice long verses that they each have like you know a good chance to kind of tell their story um I don't know it's super fun and I really like this one I give it a 4.6 on 5 just to touch on that freshness I like I said earlier really like music to be murdered by I don't actually know if you've heard it in full it is a brilliant album but part of why it's a brilliant album is, is the fact that he brought in so many rappers to rap with that were mm -hmm. good rappers like he brings Black Thought on the album he has Royce on a couple of tracks like he brings in Anderson Pack even at one point oh, yeah. and just fucks with him like that so he's talking about elite dudes in the game right now and forces Eminem to be with it. Uh, and I thought it was just a smart choice on Eminem's part to do that. And it makes that album come off alive and fresh because I don't actually think Eminem can hold down a hundred, an hour, 20 minutes of just Eminem anymore. I just yeah. don't think he can do it because artistically it's kind of boring when he's at this point. Right. So working with other people seems to tap into that amazingness because, yo, having Kendrick there fucked it up. It just made it next level. Anyway. Uh, Let's move on to a different track called <laughs> Headlights. All right. I mean, this track kind of ties into the whole mother-father flip over. It kind of culminates it. So mm -hmm. this is, I guess, the second main time he brings up his mom. Uh, even though his mom said he was brainless earlier on the album, <laughs> this is this was a really emotionally powerful and charged song the first time I heard it. Yeah. Um, as an Eminem fan, you go through that whole like journey. I mean... I guess at that point, it had been like half my life almost with Eminem, right? I mean, from 12 to 26 was an M, I'm an Eminem fan. Yeah. And like, just to hear him be like, you know, cleaning out my closet and all the mother's songs, like I, I regret that, you know, it was bad and talking about how fucked up it was, but like almost taking the empathy to communicate on how his empathy to her sickness and how why she was like that and i can relate to that because my dad's kind of fucked up in the same way his mom's fucked up so like i can kind of empathize with what it's like to grow up lose the hate in your soul and have a sense of sorrow and a desire for like a distant love because it can't work but you can't hate them you just understand mm -hmm. and then nate ruiz what a weird fucking choice, right? And it's because he sampled a fun song, right? I think yeah. that's why it's there. But I don't even know if Nate showed up in the studio for this because I'm going to bring that up. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't actually I know. I think he did. He's featured. So I think he's, you know, he definitely did something. He's there, but like, why him? Fun was yes, like, not good. They were good. like popping. Like, but, he was like, like uh, the, you know, but, album of the year. But and, there was like, one album, right? Something. And then he went and did his solo shit after. And I guess he was kind of big for a minute, but like in hindsight, it's such a weird choice. Yeah, in hindsight, it's weird because I mean, what is he song, doing now? <laughs> like that fun song is really, he's like a woman beating asshole. If you look at the lyrics of that one that we all life, mm -hmm. like, like the, da, like that shit. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it's called. We are young or yeah. whatever. He's an asshole in that song. He sounds like such a douchebag, honestly. <laughs> anyway. But so fine. I guess we are who we. It's, it's whatever. And Eminem's second verse is really heartfelt, and the the whole story of the, the last time they saw each other, and 
I don't have to go through it. There's zero bars in this track that are next level. The whole plane crash shit at the end is kind of whack. It's what it is. It's fine. It's all cutesy. It's all nice. <clears throat> it's an emotional track, and it gives you a real sense of closure on this album for the thing that got... It kind of ties in. Um, but then there's the bridge. And where he goes, I want to start a new life, whatever. When he goes, and what does he say? He says a plane at one point. Uh, if uh, so, you don't, we didn't hear it in my speakers, but in my fucking audio technicas, oh, yeah. when he goes, and if the plane goes down, and I don't want to pop it, but he pops that pee. If you listen to it, good, it pops like it pops. Yeah, pop in. that pee. So like you don't hear it in speakers. It's kind of like you need headphones for that. When I say pop, I mean. But the, there is like some staticiness to it. And then. When I'm talking like straight up, like you hit the P too hard, like, yo, it's a skill to not hit that P too hard. And you learn how, because I've hit a whole bunch of P's up in this thing. I actually soften my lips and make sure that I don't pop that P because I, I learned that recording at home. So maybe I'm just sensitive to it. Like I will scrap a fucking vocal take if there is one P that pops because my engineer can't fix a popped P. You just can't fix that. If it's popped, it's too fucking late. So I can get past the one go. of them. But when he goes, because I put my faith in little girl, oh my gosh, the whole fucking line pops like four times. How the fuck did this get through Interscope, through fucking everybody involved on an Eminem project to literally have staticky popping, like you compress the vocals too far and yeah. somehow didn't check it on all the speakers? Like it audibly was offensive to me that that got through on a studio Eminem album. Like... Maybe that's a little bit harsh, but I've never actually had a production yeah, cool issue though, before. That you got that. Like this is like somebody failed on the production front mm -hmm. of a song. Never in the entire history of this channel have I been like, that's a quality check fail. Like you should have, you guys have the money to make Mr. Fun show up in the studio and redo the fucking <laughs> take. Okay. Like you guys are worth nine figures at this point. Yeah. Like get the fuck out of here. That is embarrassing. I want to like the song because of how emotional it is, but look, I gave it a 4.25 because that is one aspect of the track, but I don't think I'm ever going to listen to the song again because of that awful popping sound I can't get out of my head now. And why does he end up so robotic? As the thing goes on, they blend his voice. He's like, it gets some fucking awful <laughs> robot noise that comes up. So it just why was that necessary let's be real the fun guy can sing he didn't need robot noises and effects like that put on like you can't be sitting there making fun of auto-tune and then auto-tune nate russ or whatever so that his fucking voice sounds like that because what the fuck dude because yeah eminem does hate on auto-tune later on so anyway it sounds a 4.25 because it's more like the end of the track that feels that way and if you're not really picky you will get past it yeah. Um, anyways, I thought we were going to have a, a bit of fun on this one, but I guess not. Um, and uh, <laughs> this, is, um, this is apparently over uh, John Lennon's uh, song Mother, which is a great song. And it's, you know, the same sort of thing. Like, you know, it, it was after like she had um, died. He's sort of like forgiving her and, you know, kind of just you know saying that he still loves her and everything else so it's the same sort of feeling and like it's kind of cool that he's kind of pulling that in as well um so he's just kind of talking about you know how he feels bad for like 
kind of hurting his mom through his music and that, you know, he's saying that he still loves her no matter what, you know, because she is always going to be, you know, his mother. And like a lot of things happened that led to the lives that they currently have. And, you know, he, he realizes that, you know, maybe she's not, you know, fully fit in the mind. And, you know, that's kind of why they can't really hang out anymore. And, you know, he's sort of forgiving her and, you know, saying like, you know, everything isn't her fault and she did the best that she could and, you know, loves her and like all of that. And that, you know, like he's realizing now like you know kind of that you know his dad what really wasn't around and you know that couldn't have been easy on her either especially with everything else that was going on in her you know in her life um and talks about nate a lot um like the brother and think he, he passed away i think right um and like all about that and you know like he's saying that you know, the mom, you know, his mom was like his mom and his dad. And like she, you know, did the best that she could in both roles and, you know, hope that she kind of like gets it. Like even if like she's not in his life, like he still, you know, he still loves her even from like a distance, like I said, um, you know, and it is a constant weight on his mind. Like his mom is always thinking he's always thinking about his mom and like the kind of hate that he you know said to her and the things that he did and everything else and uh yeah and then we have yeah nate uh he was who i don't know how to say his name um uh you know i thought he was good on the chorus i did, I did notice it when you pointed it out like the like how crappy like the, well, I was on the production bridge, was not on the chorus um yeah anyways so he's good um and i think it is a good fit and i think you know it was again sort of like a popular choice at the time um and it is sort of a not necessarily like somber but like more just emotional and um you know realize realizing and kind of like i don't know feelings so it is also very like pop radio friendly so it, you know it kind of benefited both of the um you know the artists on this song so but i mean it is like benefited, hella good mate there's no career after this i don't well, know if really i don't think that it him. like I don't think it made his life worse. I'm pretty sure, like, working with Eminem is a good thing. Um, so, like, it is a good song. And it's not necessarily my favorite, but they both are pretty great artists. And um, they both did all right. And it is powerful, you know, like what Eminem is saying. So I give this a 4.85 on 5. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. The last track on the album proper is called Evil Twin. Okay. I don't want to spend too much time on this track because there's not a lot I can really contribute to it. Um, basically, the first track, the first part of each verse is Eminem, and the second part is Slim Shady, and he has his evil twin come in, and he drops a shit ton of flows <coughs> under both personas. There's a slight tone shift, but frankly, if he didn't say, let me introduce my evil twin, there's fucking no difference between yeah. the Eminem and the Slim Shady parts on this. <laughs> it's like they're just kind of, it's the same shit. My favorite thing is when he's like, hip, hi, ho, hooray. And he's like, no, I'm not trying to be like the chorus on hip hop, hooray. I thought that was funny because it's just so random. But also what's worth kind of interesting is when he goes, because they're worse when they're reverse motherfucker. And then he reverses motherfucker and it's rupper. Then he's like, rape your mother. It's just said in, a, in the same like distorted thing. And then he has shit backwards. So technically, if you reverse this tape, you'll still hear fucking cussing. There you go. I'm like, okay. 
and it's just fine like i mean it's a pretty good song as far as everything goes and i like the fact that he's like addressing the fact in the second verse like who am i gonna go for i fucking came at everybody i'm not interested in jessica albas really what he's saying is i haven't been on the internet in a while i'm not up to date with modern pop stars <laughs> with who's who's doing what because really that's what happens here because eminem is not in the loop anymore and eminem was anti-internet for a while and so eminem got in the loop again and that's why his modern music hits a little bit harder because he is able to go at joe budden when it's relevant or take out an right. mgk in a kill shot but like who the fuck cares about jessica simpson or alba in 2013 really but i think that's what he's saying he's not messing with them anymore like no, he's over it he starts off with so who's left lady gaga mess with the bieber nah f with christina i it's almost like he's done with this is more what i feel like he's saying yeah. but what i really think happened because he wasn't done with it he kept doing it for the rest of his fucking career yeah. is that he was out of the loop at this time so he couldn't he probably made a whole bunch of tracks and everyone's like yo um like nobody fucking cares about these people no more stop <laughs> dating yourself and uh that like because yo honestly that that would be like something that's not really present is relevant to 2013 this is one of the least dateable albums because of that right because like he isn't up to date with pop culture so he's not lacing it yep that's true um so, i mean it's fair a lot of it is older references that just work in the future uh, it's just what it is man um i like it when he goes please come in what's your name again hi like the hi my name is yep. and then he just goes faggot and you're like oh <laughs> mm, look who's back up a crab up his ass with a lobster crawled in two rabbits a it's like ah it, was, it sounds great to listen to but like eh, it's what it is that's this track if yep. you're it's it's a good outro in the sense that like eminem and slim shady are back and i feel like eminem is highly impressive but he definitely doesn't deliver on the promise of what this song is supposed to be nothing in this song is overly obscene it's more like dad joke eminem toning it down like hey guys i'm never gonna be as venomous anymore yeah is what it feels like but under the ruse of i'm going in hard i don't know i like this track there are so many great lines but it's just not amazing it's just a good song on this album. So I give it a 4.25. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. It is, you know, he, he's trying to go in hard and, uh, you know, he sounds kind of like angry and whatever. And, you know, he, he does have good rhymes. He's loud. He's aggressive. He is what he is. Um, and he he sort of like made everyone feel, he's reminding us, that he, he made everybody feel like they were part of the music. Like they were part of his journey and everything else that they did like that you know he talks about the fans often and so he kind of brings you into his music and i think that that's kind of cool that he does that so you're almost seeing things through his eyes and like it's i don't know it goes on and on like that so um you know and he talks about the fact that you know his evil twin is some shady and um you know but i suppose it could also be like and many of his other alter egos that he's has had um but he's always going to have that kind of like evil side of him, that kind of dangerous side of him, uh, more like that egotistical rock star version of him. And so he's, he's trying to kind of like tame himself down. And I think that at this point he was like more, much more of like a homebody, like he wasn't really going out too much, um, you know, and he feels crazy and mentions, you know, like the people uh, in the music business at the time and kind of just seeing like he doesn't, there isn't that much competition out there for him. There isn't anybody that's going to like really like step up. I think he's kind of yeah. talking about that as well. 
And to this day, who the fuck stepped up? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's strong. Uh, I like it. I give it a 4.5 on 5. Fair. And I mean that. Who has really stepped up? There are tons of clones. I think Logic's kind of trash. I think Joyner Lucas is trash. You'll notice we didn't... Rev- well, Chris- I made Chris review the Joyner album. I didn't want to review it. Um, a lot of these M clones that a lot of the... Because it's fascinating, right? Because, like... M did a track with Joyner. M did a track with Logic. Evidently, there's a crossover fan base, but it really just tells me that a lot of like 16 and 22 year olds are into that like old school Eminem sound. Yeah. What I really like about this track, just before we close out, is that he didn't go very fast on it. A lot of it was very bars driven. Yeah. And it was message, and it was meant to be something you could digest and prove he can still write. Um, but that's the album. Like I said, if you get this video to 500 likes, because we've never had that before, we'll do the other part. Otherwise, we'll move on with our life. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll still get back to more M&M tracks. There's Shady X5. There's another D12 album. We'll find them. Um, anyway, plenty to get to. There's a lot of mixtapes M did, too. There's all the battle raps. There's so much Eminem to still talk about. Plus, he is allegedly working on a project now, but doubtful we'll see it this year. But if he does drop two albums this year... That would be amazing because music to be murdered by is it's truly a great album. Mm. I really stand by it. And if you really want to watch me talk about it for like four hours, you can. It's on this channel. Anyhow, uh, I get the album a 4.168. Yeah, it's a low ass grade. Uh, A, you may have noticed I'm grading a little lower than I used to, but the album isn't that impressive. Um, I think he does deliver on the sequel in the conceptual side of being true to what the first album was. And the first album was a polarized feel. So there was a lot of couplings of songs that went back and forth. I think he does deliver on that idea here. Sonically, it sounds nothing like the last album. And I think, or there's a couple of tracks here and there that kind of tap into it. But I think that's the issue is sonically, it doesn't deliver. And there's one other thing that really makes it hard to like this is a Marshall Mathers LP project. Ken Kenneth, <laughs> Steve Berman, like where are the skits? Yeah, that's They're not true. Th- and it needs to be there, right? Parking lot as a skit is more yeah, of a. Yeah, it's not so good. It's more of a Marshall. It was more of the an Eminem show move, you right. know, like so. It just didn't feel complete, right? Again, why is it only sixteen tracks? Like that was my first thought. I'm like. Eminem used to make 20 track experiences, almost like it was on purpose to make it 20 tracks, $1 per track per mechanical royalty. And that's why they used to do it back in the day. Mm. There was a royalty reason you get more money. uh, The label gets more money for having a 20 track project than not. So there's an actual anyway incentive. Uh, So I guess maybe that was past that. But I just thought it was it was a fascinating thing. Um, I like the album, but I think I like individual songs more and there's a lot of this album that is really hollow is the truth and that i never noticed before and i think even if i think about uh recovery there's a few hollow songs you don't want to go back to it but think about ones relapse let's be real relapse is a really great art project with a lot of songs that were just art projects it wasn't like yeah relapse is a great story in terms of the album but like it's hard to listen to so i can kind of get now like and then you think back to mmlp1 you're like nah i can just play that shit a to z and it's it's like fucking good the whole way through so yeah i like the album but i kind of don't see the magic in it i just think it has some good moments yeah i mean i agree with you on that um i'm not calling it a classic oh okay 
All right, um, I give this one a 4.42 on five. So I liked it a little bit more than you did. Um, so it's an 88%. Um, I, d I do agree. I think that this one is like has some strong hits on it and like some like, you know, ones that you would want to see live and things like that. But then I think a lot of the other ones do kind of fall short and, you know, are they're not really necessarily stuff that we need to hear about. It is just kind of reminiscing on the past and, you know, we get it that, you know, life sucks, poor little rich boy. And, um, you know, it's kind of like that, but like, it's less like pointed, I guess, in that sense. It's more just like him reflecting on the past and he's just kind of like, I wish I could have made better decisions and I hope that I can going forward. And it's just sort of like that, I guess. Um, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the end of this review. There we go. I mean, I know this is a long video, but keep in mind that we might have done like three parts to do the same amount of content the last time. So we did our best to make this as shorter and to the point as possible. I hope you enjoyed this, I guess, faster format for us. It was <laughs> a new thing. Um, let us know in the comments what you thought. What do you think of this album? How does it live up to your expectations? Yeah. All of that good stuff. Um, like the video if you liked it uh, subscribe to the channel for more content we will be back with weekly classic album reviews uh, next one I guess will be a lady rapper because we had we should have done that for uh, two episodes ago but whatever we're going to do the next one and then we'll, we'll move into it and we'll get uh, there. special thanks to the patrons Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Linda Williams DJ Black Hurricane, Scribble and Carl they're dope they support what we do and if you want to support what we do, you can check the link below. I'm about to redo the Patreon and shit, so expect that to happen in the very near future. I make music myself. I have an album dropping this month. Uh, hopefully, we're waiting on the mastering. Here we go. Um, and then otherwise... No popping peas for him. Um, I'm, I'm very, like, last minute with my releasing. I'm not really... Because I'm trying to do a lot rather than caring if you guys buy it. Anyway, uh, so you can check that out. Link's in the description. And it's fun to be back. I missed this. So live long and prosper, everyone. Bye, guys.